Um, I, I remember being 14 and seeing a trailer for Basic Instinct, and I was like, God, I hate being 14. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins. Joined, as always, by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. I'm sorry, sir. That was way too muted. Hello? Hello. What is this hello nonsense? Man, last week I gave you a boys or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or a boing or something. I don't mm-hmm. know why I can't let me just do hello Hey, it day. worked for Adele. <laughs> It'll work for Jeremy. <laughs> hello? That's right. <laughs> And we're going to go back on our road trip, and it's pretty much going to be only road trip today because the right. state today is Nevada. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all, the road trip. Are, Are we there, there yet? yet? No. Are, Are we there yet? yet? No. Are, Are we there, there yet? yet? No. That's right. Uh, just one tiny destination city in Nevada <laughs> that has been featured in about 25% of all the movies ever made. Carson City. Yes, Carson City. I am speaking, of course, of Carson City. That's right. Henderson. I kind of figured that there was going to be a lot more movies set outside of Las Las Vegas in Nevada, Mm -hmm. just because I thought I'd come across a bunch of them when we were doing previous states but mm-hmm. no it's it's totally vegas centric uh and also by the way i didn't realize there was such a controversy over how to pronounce nevada 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 i, I just think know, i've yeah. always said nevada and that's wrong yeah 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 the locals and, say nevada and but nevada nevada came from the spanish word of it the snow capped or whatever is what mm. it's what it what it uh and I think for throughout my life, I always said Nevada until I heard that was there was controversy over saying it that way, which is the dumbest thing to have a controversy. I agree. I've always <laughs> said it the way you have, too. And that's how I always remember the Harry Potter spell. That and a dead body. Nevada cadaver. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you'd kill anybody with the way you say it. No. Nevada like, cadaver. Why, why would, isn't this working? That would, probably, that would probably turn them into like some creature where they're like, kill me. <laughs> that joke in uh, Karate Kid sins with the uh, meditating dudes and the fountains coming from their crotches, but the one guy's fountain isn't working. I fucking love that joke. <laughs> it's Wingardium Leviosa. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, Nevada, uh, Nevada is a stupid debate. Yes. Nevada. Well, well, you know, it, I mean, it, it, there's all there's also what's really supposed to be right, which is Nevada. It's supposed to be, but you know, Americans, we always change shit. And like here in Tennessee, we have uh, towns called Santa Fe, which sounds fucking terrible, and then we have Lafayette yep. instead of Lafayette. That's right. And yeah, God help you if you get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, let's go. Let's go to Nevada. Nevada yeah. cadaver. And we start off with a movie that I'm pretty sure is awful. I don't think I ever saw it. Three thousand miles to Graceland. Oh Jesus! I saw this. This yeah. is Kurt Russell, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Costner. Yep. Kevin yeah, Costner. No, it's not really worth telling. Yeah. It's just bad. Bad movie, huh? <laughs> it's uh some kind of caper gone wrong. I think. Is yeah, Courtney is. Cox in this? Yeah, man. This has got an, an interesting cast. Kurt Russell, Kevin Costner, Courtney Cox, Christian Slater, Kevin Pollack, David Arquette, um, John Lovitz, Howie Long, Thomas Hayden Church, Bokeem Woodbine, and Ice-T. Yeah, no, it's not. I, my recollection is that it was hot garbage, and I only watched it once and somehow remembered all of that. I'm kind of amazed that Courtney Cox is actually in that, and I remembered it. It's either this or Bandits that has like a <laughs> like a like an unbelievable like it's one of those where the movie's bad, but like 
there's people who are like, I kind of like that. It's oh, even- I hope it's not bandits because I kind of like bandits. <laughs> I think it is bandits because bandits is the one that like you know that I I think I always hear is uh is decent somehow. Well, we'll move on to the ant bully. I know I saw this movie, but I don't remember a damn thing about it. This uh, is a real, about a real actual ant, or is that just a like a euphemistic? It's it's, it's an ant. <laughs> it's an animated ant movie with wow. Nicolas Cage. And uh, Jesus, God, there's probably a ton more. In Someone here. decided we needed a third animated ant movie. Paul it's got Giamatti, Meryl, Meryl Streep, Julia Roberts, Regina King, Bruce Campbell, Lily Tomlin. <laughs> no, it's 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 not horrible. It's got a nice little message to it. It's it's a kid that feels abandoned, and so he takes out his frustrations on an ant hill. And oh. Nicolas Cage is the big like uh, one of the leaders of the the ant gang. And uh, he wants to destroy this kid, and they shrink him down, and all that shit. And Julia Roberts' character wants to like rehabilitate him and stuff like that. So I know. feel like in this realm, the animated movies, like, like they have, I think they have a hard time sometimes trying to come up with that different small thing, like that small animal or small toy or whatever to do a movie about, because they're all try- they've all tried to do something different, but ants have been done now three fucking times. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And they once in the same year they did it twice. They did ants and bugs life. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I still think that was that one in particular was mostly just Katzenberg being stubborn. Yeah. yeah. I mean we do tend to get a lot of these double ups. And I honestly I think it's probably always somebody being stubborn sure yeah i was pitched an idea like that let's make one and beat them to the i just i think it's probably always ego this is just a yeah. mere eight years after those movies Yikes. too um, and and somewhere in there we got the b movie like you would have thought yeah, somewhere yeah. along the way they would have come up with something else yeah this was uh warner brothers i think um which you know warner brothers has never really had an animation wing sort of take off no, it's a reason. it's a weird kind of animation. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. look like you could tell. There's very distinct styles between ants and uh, a bug's life. Mm-hmm. I actually prefer ants. I think that's a better story, and I think it, it's a coolly animated. But, yeah. Uh, this one's just got a weird like it's in between blue sky and illumination, and like it, it's mm-hmm. it's a mix of like yeah, all of them. And it's all not these, pleasant. All these studios tried to get that their signature. Fox with Blue Sky and Universal, obviously, with Illumination, has done very well with that that brand. But, uh, yeah, Warner Brothers and Sony, I think, tried. Oh, yeah. and they haven't done very well. Miramax tried it. Uh, then we move on to Blade Runner 2049. Uh, is this one of the most evenly split movies we've had come out in the last two or three years where people love it or hate it? You know, I don't know if I've talked to anybody that hated it. Yeah, but I I think you're right in the the fact that people either say meh or this is the greatest movie of all time. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of that. I was a little bit overwhelmed. We talked about it a little bit when it first came out. When I, when I first saw it, but then every time I watch it later on, it's just so fucking gorgeous. Especially the Vegas parts. Mm-hmm. It's so gorgeous that that I'll pretty much watch the entire. I am thing. not sure. I didn't hate it. I like it more than the first one. Mm. I'm not sure. I like it. Or love it, but I love watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's been on HBO for a month or two now, and I've found myself there frequently just because, like you said, it is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And if I catch it at the right time, I'll stay on there for twenty twenty five minutes just watching the gorgeous. And I think that, that's, that's right. rewarding. I think that's that's totally valid. Like you can you can sort of love watching this movie, but man, the, there are it's almost like a just a little bit too many elements thrown in to the story mm-hmm. of this. 
especially the Jared Leto part. And I know we bag on the guy a lot, but and it, it's not really his fault that they put this character in here. But of course, then once you do put him in there, it's his performance after that. that yeah, just, he it, thinks this is the most important shit oh, ever. My God, man, he's so insufferable. <laughs> I mean, at least the who is the main uh, the the head guy at the corporation in the original? Do you remember? Oh, oh, Jesus. It wasn't John Hurt, but it no, was... No, it was a guy like him. Yeah, but he played it over the top, too, of like, you know, almost mustache twirling. But you could tell he was having some fun in it, at least. Yeah. Um, especially with the Sean Young character and, like, getting her involved with Deckard and everything. With this, it's just like... He's just reveling in like how important he's supposed to be. Yeah, the uh, the actor you're thinking of is Joe Turkle, who mm. is he's not only known for that, but also as the bartender in The Shining. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but man, yeah, there's some elements to that movie that make it kind of a chore to watch through. Let me ask you this: if they had cut out Deckard completely, uh, and found a way to work that into the story, do you think that would that would help? Or do you like cut, the Deckard to, stuff? I'm, I'm, I, he is a link to the how this movie ends. But he doesn't... Yeah, you're right. But he could have been the quote-unquote parent and not... Just like Sean Young. Been, mm-hmm. you know, flashback footage and stuff like that or whatever they did with Sean Young. And, yeah. And I think they could have because I'm just getting sick of old Harrison Ford yeah. getting back into his, his grumpy old clothes and playing a character. Again, I might have made this observation earlier, and to anyone with that good of a memory, I apologize, but it reminds me of that farewell tour Cal Ripken went on his uh, last oh, season yeah. where every ballpark like gave him a gift and a standing ovation, and he ended up hitting a home run on basically every ballpark he traveled to that season. This feels like that. I feel mm-hmm. like Harrison Ford is doing his Cal Ripken. I'm going to go back and play Han Solo again. I'm going to play Indiana Jones one more time. I'm going to play Deckard one more time. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I'm He's going to play regarding Henry. Yes. <laughs> yes. This time it's going to be presumed innocent. Re- resisting Henry. No, what's it going to be called this time? What did we say? <laughs> punching Henry. That's yeah, it. punching Henry. Uh, Frantic again. That's right. He's going to play. He's going to yeah. play. He's going to do the sequel to 42. <laughs> It's going to be called 43. It's about the next season. Yes. yes. Witness to. (laughs) Witness. The Mosquito Coast. (laughs) Only he understands the Amish well enough to solve this murder. That's right. Uh, Then we go on to, uh, here's a movie I've heard of a million times. I've never seen it. Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Oh. This Uh, is a really fun movie. Is it? Yeah. You've never seen this? No, I haven't seen it. So this is uh, Elliot Gould, Natalie Wood. Yeah. Natalie Wood, an all timer. Yeah, and this is towards the end of her career, I believe, because it was uh, it was nineteen seventy or nineteen sixty nine. So actually, I guess it was right in the in the middle there. Diane Cannon and Robert Robert Culp plays Natalie do we, Woods. Do husband. we know if she was actively like stopping acting, and or was she or her career sort of put uh, ended because of the you know murder? The, the yeah the, <laughs> the murder the, i think she was still robert wagner and christopher walken know about uh <laughs> she was working on cat on a hot tin roof uh yeah now she was working uh fairly well in fact, you, you don't see her much in the 70s in any any big uh movie so i'm wondering if she was sort of winding down at that point but she could have had a she could have probably had a renaissance of some sort mm-hmm. but um yeah no this is this is a fun like kind of uh, well, actually, let me look at this. Uh, so she was in The Candidate in 72, a uh, movie called Peeper in 75, Meteor in 79. She was only, what, she was only, what, 
34, 40 or something. Like it wasn't she wasn't very She was old in her uh I just saw when it she here. when she died. Nineteen eighty one. Uh, she was forty three. Forty three years yeah. old, yeah. Um but Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice is a weird like sex comedy. Uh, you know, based in the sixties, nineteen sixty nine, where everybody's like having their sexual awakening. Um Robert Culp cheats on Natalie Wood. They get a thrill out of it. They're like, you know what? Maybe we should explore this. And then they tell their uh, their friends, Elliot Gould and Diane Cannon, and they're like initially appalled. They're like, oh, no. I mean, this is the sacred bond of marriage and stuff like that. You can't do that. And then Natalie Wood has an affair with somebody. And then they're okay with it. They get they process it and everything. And then they want to fuck each other. Mm. So they all go off to Las Vegas for a vacation. Sounds like consenting adults. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. You want to fuck my wife. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it actually, yeah, it is without all the murder and the Kevin Spacey and all. And that. it sounds like it's better. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, enjoyable. this is this is fun. In fact, I, I think there was a TV series that they tried to uh, to base this off of. I don't know how successful it was, but it's a fun movie, especially when you see these characters that you know pretty well. I mean, Robert Culp is is fairly well known. Natalie Wood, Diane Cannon, and of course Elliot Gould. Um, it's fun. It's fun to watch it. It's a good yeah, movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, then there's Bolt, which was this was a Disney animated movie. That they tr- this is when they were trying to do stuff without Pixar, uh, and they weren't quite there yet. Like they no. now 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 they're now they often get the better movie out of the Pixar's, mm-hmm. but uh, they they had this like fledgling animation 3D animation studio that came out with stuff like Bolt and uh, what was the other one? Uh, there was another couple that they came out with. I can't remember right now, but they were all low rent. Oh, Chicken Little, I think, was one of them. Oh, oh. maybe. Um, Bolt is not as bad as you think, though. Yeah, Bolt. I saw this. I think uh, it's a it's a it's a show dog. I mean, it's a uh, TV show dog. Yeah. Who thinks he can actually do the things that the show, like superpowers and stuff Fantastic like that? Fantastic premise. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. that's one of the best premises of all time. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's there, you get a little like Buzz Lightyear type of vibe from it because yeah, yeah, yeah. He thinks, yeah, I can do that, and it, like situations present themselves in which like he'll bounce off of a ball or something like that, or like he'll accomplish the task that he thinks he can do through other means, and he's like, yeah, nailed it. Okay, and John it, Travolta is actually really good in this. I remember getting uh, Inspector Gadget vibes, just the, the relationship between the girl and the dog. I think her name is Penny, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Then I wonder if it's <laughs> yeah. like an homage. Oh, uh, yeah, her name is Penny. Is Penny. Yeah. Miley Cyrus played. <laughs> Miley. Oh, I knew that. That's, yeah. why, you, that's why you like <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Too bad Claire Danes couldn't lend her voice into this one. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it since it came out, though. Mm. <laughs> uh, next one is Casino. Yeah. Ooh, now, God. this is a heavily divided Martin Scorsese movie. I feel I like it is. Um... Okay. Uh, I, I, the first time I ever saw Casino, I loved everything about when they were talking about running the casino and all how the money goes through and like the ending with that big, it's that big montage where De Niro's talking about all that stuff. And at the very end of that montage, they show the cocaine going through the straw and all that other type of stuff. I'm like, man, I'm really getting into this. After a while though, this movie becomes tiresome for me a little bit. It's good. Yeah. But I, it's because of the the players are a lot of them are from Goodfellas. It's hard not to compare this movie to Goodfellas. Yeah, uh, and and uh, this is probably the best you'll ever see Sharon Stone. Oh well, yeah, no, she's she got nominated for an Oscar. She for this. sure did. Um, but um, 
yeah, I, I, I like Casino. I think that it's one of those things where it's just, it's got a, some really high highs. And then once it gets past that, it starts, I don't know, it's a little bit. No, I agree. And it's a long movie, too. Yeah, and it, um, yeah it is. It's almost three hours. That was, that, that, it was 95. You had De Niro and Casino and Heat. Yeah, those are two Both fucking of them long very movies. long. Um, I think it probably has, I mean, Heat definitely has some, some slow parts oh, to yeah. it, too. And I think you could probably trim some of that stuff out. But yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I, I actually really like this movie. I think I like, it's sacrilege to say, but I, I like Pesci's performance in this more than I enjoy watching Pesci's performance in Goodfellas. It's a weird, it's a weird a little thing bit to say. More, he's a little bit more layered in Casino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, he comes in sort of as this, like, he seems like he's just kind of buddy-buddy and everything like that, but... He's just as vicious here yeah. as he is in Goodfellas. He's got that great speech in there. Yeah. Likes him some BJs in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'm going to be honest with you, as opposed to every other time when I lie. <clears throat> I saw Casino once, uh-huh. and I found it to be inferior to Goodfellas and the Godfather movie where they're doing the casino shit, mm-hmm. which I think is the second one. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen it since. And I should probably watch it again because you guys are making me think uh, maybe I just didn't view it the right I I lens. just think it's a bit too long. Yeah, and I mean, you're not wrong. It is inferior to both of those movies. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I mean, it you get a lot of that, that, you know, of course, James Woods is in this playing a real sleaze bag. Yeah, and Ooh. that's a storyline that maybe didn't need to exist. Yeah. You know, but it, it also but it informs kinda, her character. Yeah, it's the thing. It's kind of, it's not like I would cut it. It's mm. just that it, it feels like it comes up a little too often, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it only comes up like... <laughs> once or twice or something james woods not played an asshole i'm sure there's a ton of movies where he has i don't know videodrome maybe i don't know (laughs) videodrome videodrome he's pretty big leap back that's like i guess the hard way 1982 but still kind of an asshole asshole on the hard way yeah hard way i don't think he's ever played a nice guy i don't i don't think he's the kind of guy you cast for nice guy (laughs) no and then ultimately, it seems like he's not a nice guy he's a a good guy in uh, salvador oliver stone movie Right. Oh, okay. I haven't um, seen that. Maybe he plays a photographer. That's a good movie. It takes Oliver Stone to get a good, <laughs> nice performance. It, yeah, it does. <laughs> Although almost every other Oliver Stone movie he shows up in, like any given Sunday, mm-hmm. he's a total prick in that. Yep. But uh, yeah, Casino's good. And uh, it's just, yeah, it might be just a little bit too long. And uh, I, I love a lot. Of, there's a lot of scenes I can bring up that are great. Oh, yeah. It. No kidding. The scene where he's talking, the the three uh, machines all give jackpots in one day. Mm-hmm. And he he fires that one guy. And he's like, it's like you, he fires the guy. He's like, hey, man, if you if you if you allowed it to happen, you're stupid. If you didn't allow it to happen, then you're in on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you, you know what's weird? De Niro actually gives a much more layered performance mm-hmm. than he does in Goodfellas, yeah. too. Because he's not like the... Uh, the the omniscient overlord or anything like that there's times where he's like learning as it goes along yeah like uh he kind of knows the casino business but it, there's a learning curve to it and he plays a little bit vulnerable at times mm-hmm. too yeah uh, it's a good movie it's a it's worth watching all right. all right uh then there okay this is uh barrett's favorite movie of all time con air oh god damn i really we're gonna lose 20 minutes here i i i saw this movie i can't remember much about it oh, i remember oh. hating it i remember hating like mm-hmm. I remember hating it. Like, I get some of why people like it. I think this is where I feel like you're either going all in on Nicolas Cage or you're not, and I'm not. Mm. I cannot tolerate his accent. No, I understand that. 
His and he is the the centerpiece of the fucking movie. He is. It's just too hard for me. He's an army ranger that accidentally killed somebody at the bar because he was defending his wife. Of course. And uh, you know, Monica gets locked Potter. up and is somehow um yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is somehow transported when he's about to be released on this uh this collection of awful terrible convicts yeah i may only remember this movie because of that those competing versions of how how do i live without you oh yeah oh with leanne rhymes yeah the leanne rhymes version you had the trisha yearwood version. yeah (laughs) and the trisha yearwood version came out first and then leanne rhymes came out with her version and then there was like this like i don't know east coast west coast thing (laughs) going on (laughs) nashville west coast yeah exactly Uh, with with who liked which version better and (laughs) now they neither one of them wrote it it was uh diane warren i think yeah i think so she wrote like half of all songs ever written yeah pretty much (laughs) Yeah, no, this, uh, listen, I know it's dumb. I know it's stupid. I'm, I'm not as ashamed of this as I am gone in 60 seconds. Maybe it's a Nicolas Cage thing, but you can tell he's going for over the top. You can tell that John Malkovich is having one, some of the most fun he's had in a villain role in, in his entire career in this. It's Buscemi, Ving Rames, John Cusack. Like, there's a lot of people just going for it and knowing that it's silly and going all in and for whatever reason i I cannot explain my love for this movie i'm not asking i'm not asking you to not love it and i'm not even saying you shouldn't love it (laughs) we all love what we love Mm -hmm. it's just i i i've never been able to get here on this movie and Mm. uh i I don't understand it (laughs) i almost understand gone in 60 seconds more i don't know why I'm drawing weird lines at this no, point. No, no, I, I, I feel like we're going to talk about a, at least one more Nicolas Cage movie as we go through Nevada, mm-hmm. Nevada. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I, I and I think I'm going to come back to the same kind of thing. Like I just think, I, I think we're being a little too kind. I think assessing his. Well, what's okay? So what's a, what's a comparable actor to Nicolas Cage that goes all in, even in terrible shitty movies like Wicker Man and Gone in 60 Seconds and fucking uh, Face Off. There's nobody like Nicolas Cage. There's nobody like Nicolas Cage, right? I agree. I I don't know how much he's in on the joke or if there was a time where like he realized that he was the joke and then he started getting into it or if he's just never had that realization. This is sort of part of his thing after he did Leaving Las Vegas, which of course we'll, we'll be talking about, but uh you know he did the rock right after that mm-hmm. and then he did this and it was all these bruckheimer don simpson you know productions and it, and then it was like that's all he started doing like he didn't it didn't seem like he cared about now i've gone through this exhaustively before because people always like i hate nicholas cage so much he's so so shitty and i'm like have you seen matchstick men have yeah, you seen yeah you know a lot of these the movies weatherman. yeah the weatherman all these movies that came out like in the 2000s that got mixed in with all those other like, adaptation yeah adaptation all those movies that get mixed in with all those like awful movies you know people forgot because they're memorably awful yeah i'm again because Look at adaptation versus something like Con Air, like something like The Rock or thing. He has to have some sort of awareness of where he's at. But these big blockbusters also bought him castles and shit like that, yep. you know, and like well, big he, estates. And now he takes movies to help out with the IRS and stuff. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, right. Is he in IRS trouble? I think he that sounds about right. Well, he he with his money he bought like you know like a Citizen Kane's worth of fortune or whatever. He mm-hmm. sure did. Yeah. Like uh, and apparently once things got 
bad he had to start selling that off or start taking a lot of movies or i can't remember the whole story uh but to it, a ghostwriter uh, yeah sequel. i'm pretty so, <laughs> i'm i'm pretty much I, I love him in all the things you just said he was good in mm-hmm. i have general general affection for nicholas cage i'm kind of out on thinking he's got a ton of acting ability left in him but one way that i could hop on board and really become the biggest nicholas cage fan is if he decided to go all Liam Neeson on our asses and start kicking ass at 65 years old. Let his hair stay white. <laughs> put him on some sort of mode of public transportation. <laughs> Shit goes wrong. And he has to beat ass. I think I could be down with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I bet you he's already done <laughs> at least one of those movies. And yeah. it's like on the shelf at the Blockbuster that doesn't exist anymore. Man, I, I haven't done it, but if you go through his IMDb, oh, I bet insane. it's littered with shit like that. Like Bruce Willis has it too. And oh, like, I've seen just... some of that Willis stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh just God. all of these direct videos. One day we should do a whole podcast and try and pinpoint the exact year Bruce Willis stopped giving a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's murky. It, it could may be, have been 1999. It could I guess be a I'm number breakable. of years in there. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, then uh, there's Cool World. I mentioned Cool World uh, <laughs> yeah, a couple crazy. weeks ago, but uh, I, I haven't seen it. I never seen Cool World. I have never seen Cool World. Oh really? I don't. I don't have any desire to. It always felt like a slightly more adult Roger Rabbit knockoff. I mean, that's that's pretty much exactly what it is. Okay. I mean, I enjoyed it. I think just because it's got a nice vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, more adult version and less bonkers and capery than something like Roger Rabbit. Uh, Gabriel Byrne is fine in it. Mm-hmm. Fucking uh, Brad Pitt. Uh, I think before. Well, so this was ninety two. So he had done yeah, a couple he wasn't of things quite, before. He wasn't quite the name yet yeah. when this came out. And uh, Kim Basinger is in there like in human form and in, in animated form. Mm-hmm. And I remember liking it. I mean, I don't I don't think it would blow anybody's doors off, but mm-hmm. uh, it may be worth a look. All right. Well, probably I assume not. it's probably also very dated at this point. Uh, yeah. yeah, probably. But it yeah. is. Well, I mean, especially since Who Framed Roger Rabbit is kind of dated, too. <laughs> yeah. And that's the better movie. And yeah. I don't even know if I like that movie anymore. <laughs> um, then there's The Cooler. This is a tour de force William H. Macy performance with Alec Baldwin. Shelly. Maria Bello. Maria Bello. Yes, Maria Bello. This is also the subject uh, of the, uh, this film is not yet rated uh, because apparently they had to cut frames out of the sex scene with Macy and Bello because of pubic hair. Wow. I think I remember that, and uh, yeah, and uh, they had had uh, Maria Bello in the uh, documentary, and she's like, it, like the they were telling, they're telling the filmmakers like, you know, this is you got to we got to do it, uh, you know, something about families. I don't know why families would watch the cooler together, but <laughs> um, but but she says, I'm a mom, I have a daughter, I can I can decide whether or not the amount of pubic hairs in a in a movie is going to be whatever, not to. Uh, not to uh you know make the make this all about the cooler's rating or anything this movie is fucking good i, fucking oh, I liked it, a lot. Movie. I seen it yeah. twice uh and i really liked it both times mm-hmm. uh it's mostly william h macy carrying this thing uh and the, the the conceit is that he's just so unlucky he's employed by a casino to go hang around anybody that's doing really well and winning to to cool their hot streak and it works. Now, there's <laughs> this is like based on an actual thing, isn't there? Like, like a common belief that there are people that could be coolers or have some sort of thing. I I don't know for certain. Yeah, 
there is a little bit of like a fantastical element to it because as soon as he shows up, yeah. fucking, <laughs> it's just a pall dropped over the table yeah. every time yeah. until he starts, you know, having sex and having a nice yeah, and relationship. That's, that's the whole thing. That's the conflict between he and bald one is that he starts getting happy and like people aren't getting the cooler anymore <laughs> and uh, they're actually winning when he's at, at, at the table. So he starts to try to drive a wedge between... Him and Baldwin, I think, got nominated for this. He's wow. terrific. Yeah. Who made this movie? Uh, it was, oh, God. You know what? I wish, I think it's Stanley. It's Kramer, something Kramer. It is Wayne Kramer. Wayne Kramer. Yeah. Good call. Um, he made something else recently. Uh, well, he made Running Scared, which is a, oh, yeah. is a, is a, and crossing over, is a fun, uh, Paul Walker B movie that will someday we'll talk about. <laughs> that, that movie's insane. Isn't there also an old Gregory Hines running scared? Yeah. With Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you like how I called it a Gregory Hines movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, let me look and see if the, uh, yeah, Oscar nominee for Alec Baldwin. Nice. Yeah. He's great, man. Shelly, Shelly Caplow. Yeah. He has a real terrifying scene in the, in, uh, like one of those back places that they take you or whatever. <laughs> You know, it's when it's it gets really insane. Yeah, I don't think people talk about this movie very often. Mm-hmm. It, it really kind of came and went, even though it's got really excellent performances. I mean, you put this William H Macy performance up, you know, a little bit below Fargo, but like up against some of his best. Yeah, he's doing really, really, really good work. Really, 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 really <laughs> good work. <laughs> it was really, really, <laughs> really good. Very, really. Uh, then there is James Bond movie Diamonds Are Forever, one of the last Sean Connery uh, James Bond movies. I remember hating this one. Me too. And I, I there was a time back in 2006, 2007, where I watched every James Bond movie. <laughs> I remember this. And, uh, and this was one, there's that era there in the seventies where Bond is just goes off the terrible deep end. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter who's playing Sean Connery, Roger Moore. There's, you know, it really doesn't get better until the spy who loved me. And just like long time after this movie came out, but, um, diamonds are forever. Don't remember much about it. Obviously involves diamonds, but and uh, Vegas. Yeah. This has got plenty of tool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of James Bond, I just saw this morning that um, the director has left the next James Bond. Yeah, movie. Danny, Danny Boyle. Boyle, right? Over creative differences. Yeah, that seems to be almost a disturbing trend that's that's happening in in big budget movies these days. Kind of makes you wonder. I saw a, gr- a great tweet that said he wasn't interested in going back to Bond's childhood or <laughs> <laughs> the, the Eva green character um, oh were they actually going to try to do that again no i think they're making the joke that the series has already spent too much time on his childhood and eva green's character yeah and so the joke being he wanted to do something new but the broccolis didn't well that's uh-huh. the thing you know when you go when you were when these established institutions like marvel and you know the broccoli production company and all that other type of stuff come in and they want we want this director because he's going to take this into the it's never the direction that the director wants to take mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's they want to have a name to do it like apparently sam mendes has been able to do it but damn danny boyle and people like that you can't get stop hiring these guys yeah. if you don't want a different take on all this thing this is going to be the last daniel craig uh bond supposedly although i got the i got the feeling could, that could still blow up it could it could uh meaning that he would leave too it could mm. uh well no he's already 
planning to leave after this one. Right? Exactly. And he has announced that he's going to be back for one more. But I'm saying I still think that might fall apart, mm. especially now that Boyle has left. Which side of the creative argument was he on? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably the one that's paying him. But Diamonds Are Forever does have an amazing Shirley Bassey theme song. Yes. It was her... The the only one that she did besides Goldfinger mm-hmm. as the diamonds well, back are in, back in when the, they had the wall of sounds you know type of thing going on and every even a song like that like which is basic almost but yeah. with her voice and all that echo that happens and everything it sets up it turns into a, a different kind of song it's glorious it's amazing I wish I could remember more about Diamonds Are Forever but I do remember thinking this is not very good Mm-mm. like the first few bonds leading up to this one were all either good or decent and this was the first time i was like this isn't very good did you say this is the last sean connery this is this is or before he comes back this yeah there's this is the last one and then they i think this is the last one okay because it was connery up until george lazenby came in and then he came then connery came back for diamonds are forever i think that's how they oh, okay uh, and then this was his last one Gotcha. Um, uh, then we have, uh, this is, this is a, I don't remember, I'm trying to remember if this made a lot of money, but it's at least a cult hit now. Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. What do you this guys is, think of this? This is, uh, one of the, those most quotable comedies of all time mm-hmm. that have come out in this, in this millennium. I agree. I think it holds up as well or better than most of the comedies we all like from this era. Um, I would say it holds up as well as old school does. Yeah, I, for different reasons, obviously. But yeah, I, I like watching this more than I like watching old school. Yeah, yeah. But I I, I think in terms of quality, like the, the laughs are pretty consistent throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, everybody gets kind of a chance to shine, mm-hmm. especially Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And fucking Jason Bateman. This is the least Jason Bateman-y role in forever. Well, you know? he's probably... 50% of the quotes that people throw out from this movie. Mm-hmm. Jason Bateman. Yeah. Uh, this movie did make a lot of money. It made $114 million in uh, the U.S. Didn't make too much foreign, but it uh, was only a $20 million budget. Now, see, so. if that had come out in this era, they'd already be pre-production on... On the sequel? The sequel. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm almost surprised they haven't kind of brought that idea up. Yeah. Already. Christine Taylor, man, had a had a minute there with some Ben, ben Stiller movies. Yeah. Well, she's his wife. And, uh, yeah. Between them, which is, is which is why it's hilarious. Yeah. the Christine Taylor and Ben Stiller scenes, like uh, when she just fucking face plants on the porch, one, and like he he does that whole like greasy thing where he's like, "So like, why don't you you and I go out on a date?" And and then she's like, oh, "Sorry, I just threw up in my mouth." <laughs> we uh, should mate. Yeah, we should I mate. Mean, we should date. Yeah. yeah. And then he brings out the uh, who is it like uh, this his French bodyguard, mm-hmm. and he comes out on a scooter and he's. Like, yeah <laughs> jumps on the back yeah. and he's, he gives her the yeah. finger yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it's got it's just filled with all sorts of just quotable lines and great little uh you know moments in it and everything i, I actually don't remember it being that big of a hit but it was yeah. I, everybody i knew saw this movie and was quoting it almost immediately afterwards yeah it was, it was awesome yeah it became one of those anchorman type movies mm-hmm. and i think it might actually might made more than anchorman did yeah uh then um we have fear and loathing in las vegas oh baby i'm the only person in the universe that likes this movie no mm-hmm. no that's not true you're just the only one that's not on drugs that likes this movie. <laughs> dodgeball did make more money than uh anchorman by the way yeah. wow um yeah i guess so i don't know why i loved johnny depp's performance 
And I think it's because I used to read a lot of Hunter Thompson back in the day, and I kind of had an idea of his narrative style. It's a weird thing. I go back and forth with Hunter S. Thompson because he's he, he fell in love with himself. And I don't know when it was. Maybe it was the 70s. Maybe it was the 80s. Or maybe it was later on. But he got to where like he bought into his own bullshit. Mm-hmm. And he started writing about like almost his writing or his style or his lifestyle and that kind of stuff. He had crazy stories about like going over to Jack Nicholson's place in Colorado and like firing a shotgun into his house Mm -hmm. where his wife was too and just getting a fucking kick out of it. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And Nicholson came out and he's like, what the fuck, man? Mm -hmm. And uh, just it was part of wacky old Hunter. And but back in the days when he was doing uh, the the campaign trail stuff for Nixon and the Hell's Angels stuff, there was nobody coming anywhere near what what he could do. And to put that in a cinematic context, and I think Terry Gilliam did a really good job in imagining all the hallucinatory debauchery and all that stuff. Uh, it it landed for me. Uh, it was 1998, I think. So mm-hmm. uh, I got to see it. It was one of those uh, those movies that was running in Hollywood 27. Where I would just pop in and and just like you know hey all right I'm gonna watch that for 20 minutes yeah I, I read this book uh, in college and then this came out and uh, I I enjoy it um I I I mean I think I I mean I like the I, this just that, that this is just such a crazy thing that he keeps going from one thing to another and everything <laughs> and nobody knows what's really going on everybody's so much you know so on drugs in this thing i think my favorite part though is when they when he walks into that anti-drug uh (laughs) symposium or whatever it is and he's on acid or something (laughs) and like you know like you like the the common the common uh drug taker is easy to see you know he's 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 got his eyes are wide or i don't remember the whole thing but one of them he's always furiously masturbating (laughs) (laughs) his pants are stained with semen from constantly jerking off and then there's a shot of johnny tip like looking down at his pants and like scraping off a stain yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my favorite part of like, there, there's but- nothing better than running a savage burn on one casino than going down the road to another one yeah, yeah. uh but uh, this is worth a look i know it's weird and i know it's crazy but the performances are so unhinged and the story is so hilarious now there's some uncomfortable shit in there too mm-hmm. uh involving christina ricci and benicio del toro yeah uh but it's it, other than that, it's madcap and it's fun as shit. I do enjoy it. It's a seven point seven on IMDb. Nice. All right. So um, there's three other people that like. It. So now it's a two hundred and some odd uh, votes on that too. Uh, two hundred thousand some odd votes. Uh, then we have a uh, Fright Night. Uh, it's the 2011 remake. I did see this. I don't know if I saw the original. I never seen the original. I saw. It. Did you like the the remake? I'm trying to remember everything about this one because this is uh, isn't this a vampire movie? Yeah, Colin Farrell moves next door to the kids, and he the 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 rumors are that he's kidnapping kids and he's a vampire and he's doing vampire shit to them. Did you ever see this? Nope. This would be kind of right up your alley too. Why? Yeah, it's a it's a horror comedy type of thing. It's got a good cast too. Anton Yelchin's in it. Uh, Colin Farrell, David Tennant, Tony Collette uh imogen poops yeah chris Fermin's plus and dave franco are all that is a good this. cast uh, i remember kind of liking this yeah, when i watched one. it but I, I i don't remember much about it um then we have get them to the greek <laughs> this is now this is another one and this one made money this was a this was a hit mm-hmm. uh and it's also got some moments in it that people quote mm-hmm 
Uh, I don't know if it's got it holds up as much as like dodgeball or something does. No, but uh, definitely not start to finish. No, but uh, I think this is fun. What do you think? Did you, did you like this? Okay, so no, I never saw it. I remember um, everybody in my office loved um, Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, mm-hmm. this is the one with Jonah Hill, right? Mm-hmm. And so this comes out. It's got a couple of people from that movie. Looks funny from the trailer, and we had this intern in the office who was a college student who went to the movie and came back the next day and said it's freaking hilarious we all loved it and so then the next day one of my coworkers who was my age came into the office and said i'm gonna kill that girl that movie was freaking terrible <laughs> and so i never bothered <clears throat> i uh i did not like this movie when i first saw it and it's it's almost like taylor made for my tastes like it's debauchery and it's craziness and it's puff daddy is fucking hilarious in this movie he's running well, around like saying he's gonna mind fuck yeah. This is one of those who who who's who of uh you know like when he's talking to his group, everybody in that room has turned into something. And then of course Rose Byrne plays Alda Snow's girlfriend, and she's hilarious. <laughs> Alda Snow. Alda Snow. Well, what's weird about this? Me. <laughs> I don't understand this because they fucked with the timeline. If you're going to get Alda Snow in your movie, which is essentially a sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh wait, he's playing the same character. Yeah, he's playing Alda Snow. Yep. In this. He's playing the baby shambles Pete Doherty uh, character. Uh, what Infant Sorrow is? How his, did his I not know this? Oh yeah, no, that's Alice Snow. Uh, but Jonah Hill's playing a different character. Jonah Hill's yes. playing a different character. That's why I'm saying is that just make up a different character for for Russell Brand to play. Yeah. If you're not gonna, it's it's just it's it's weird. I didn't know that, and that makes me even less inclined to see this. Movie. <laughs> um, I, there are definitely moments in this. Um. But in uh, the movie did not it made sixty million in the in the U.S. Um, I thought it did a little bit more than that, but yes, it is it is Nicholas Stoller, and this was his follow up to Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and uh, and yes, he and uh, Brand does again play Out of Snow, but it is kind of weird seeing Jonah Hill playing a different character. And yeah, he's all straight laced, and he's uh, he's. I think proposing to Elizabeth Moss and they're having issues. Yeah, She's and there's like tired. a big threesome scene, or like a, a or he or Alda Snow invites. Like Alda he comes Sno- over to their place and he he goes down on her. Yeah, and and she's Joan into Hills, it. Though. She's into yeah. it. Yeah, and then like. What is, there's there's some moment where like he's supposed to get with Jonah Hill or something like right. that. And he can't do it. Yeah, and so there's just there's just weird. It, it's a weird movie, but that, like you said, that has hilarious fucking moments absolutely hilarious like puff daddy's looking at jonah hill he's like you know what i do i mind fuck people that's what i do and he's like oh really how do you do that and he's like i'm mind fucking you right now this is me mind fucking you <laughs> like that's oh, pretty funny is <laughs> is the greek in la is that where they end up yes but they have their big action the pieces big- in in las vegas yeah. when they do the jeffrey because he gives him this this joint to smoke to chill him out. To it gives it the to Jonah Jeffrey. Hill. He's like, hey, 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 here's a Jeffrey, and he's like, oh, what's a Jeffrey? As he's smoking it, and he's like, you know, odds and ends. And uh, he's like, well, he, he takes a couple more, and he's like, really, what's in this? He's like, well, mostly weed, and you know, uh, PCP, horse tranquilizers, morphine. He goes through this whole fucking <laughs> list of things, and he's like, I'm having a heart attack. And he's like, no, you're not. And his dad's like, yeah, he's having a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm on the jeffrey too it's fine uh that's the yeah, that's the funniest part of the movie oh, yeah. probably uh then we go to go yeah man oh i fucking love go man it this is, really is one great. of my favorite movies i've seen it more than 20 times oh really yeah 
Uh, Doug Lyman directed this as his follow-up to Swingers, and it's got a huge cast in it yep. uh, of just amazing performers. I just, I mean, it's so many good people in this. It's not just stars. It's just, it's, you got people like Sarah Polly mm-hmm. and Jane Krakowski and William Fickner, and then you have Tay Diggs and uh, Katie Holmes and What's Fickner's deal Timothy Olivon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fickner is, uh, is a, um, like an Amway cop. He's <laughs> Amway cop. Yeah, he's, he's a cop who is, um, who has arrested Jay Moore and, and Scott Foley. Is that this, is it this, is it Scott Foley yeah, yeah, this yeah. time? Because I get my Foley's mixed up. <laughs> but um, but he, is he dirty or there's something? No, he, what okay. he does is he, he, he arrests them. He wants to get a bigger fish. So, and he wants to get uh, Timothy Oliver. Right, right. Um, but, um, uh, on the day that, uh, on the day that the, the, the guy Desmond Askew, this is why this is, this is why this goes to Vegas. Desmond Askew is, plays the redheaded British guy who yeah goes to, goes to Vegas with, with Tay Diggs. I think it's Scott Wolf, by the way. Is it, is it Scott Wolf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get my Scots mixed up. <laughs> Scott Wolf, not yeah. Scott Foley, but Scott Wolf. And, and so William Fickner gets Jay Moore and Scott Wolf on a bullshit charge or whatever um wants more information or whatever by the time they're done with their with whatever that whatever information they're getting he invites them to the house right and he's married to jane krakowski and there's like all this uh, uncomfortable stuff jay moore and scott wolf are are both gay lovers right and so like he there's like william fickner like it's like undressing in front of jay moore uh, that's right and all that stuff and he sits down next to him and he's like with like just with i think either just underwear or like completely naked and he goes over and is like he's like what do you think do you ever do you ever try want to try new things and, <laughs> and starts doing the seduction but it's not a seduction for having sex it's it's a seduction sort of the so we like we invited you here for you know uh for a little different uh, all you know different purpose and she and jane krakowski is like it's you make it sound so sinister. <laughs> it's not, and then, and he sells all. He's, he tells it. We, we're uh, was it? What is the? It's ve- uh, confederated, confederated products. products. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, confederated products, and they and they tell him about how it works and everything. And he's like, "What? So you, you invited us over here to to sell Amway?" <laughs> and William Fickner has this look on his face, like. I've been through this so many goddamn times. <laughs> no, it's not Amway. It's it's a different company. <laughs> But uh, Krakowski is like seducing Scott Wolf while yeah. Fickner is trying to seduce more, like Jay Moore in that one. But they're having they're they're also having problems in their in their little in their sort of their relationship and everything. So they found out one or the uh, both of one or the other has both cheated on each other with the same guy. No, oh, yeah, and and <laughs> uh, and uh, that's just a small part of Go. Yeah. Because the Vegas part is Desmond Askew and Tay Diggs, and they go off and have and Breck and Meyer, yeah. and uh, they go off to have that wild Vegas adventure, and uh, and essentially, yeah, he <laughs> that that's all they do is crazy shit when they're in Vegas, do all the drugs, have all the sex, go to a strip club and touch the girls. He's got that scene where he, like his hand is just like shaking around, and he just grabs the ass. He's like, ah, <laughs> yeah, I'm like what the fuck, dude. Um, and uh, and so and then meanwhile you have you know you have Timothy Oliphant as a big drug dealer. And, uh, Sarah Polly is the one sort of subbing in for the Desmond Askew character. And I can't remember his name, his character name, but Sarah Polly's playing. Edgy? 
Oh, it could be Reggie. I don't know. Maybe I just picked it. I think that's probably Archie right. Comics character name. No, he plays Simon. 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 That's what I said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie Simon. Si- <laughs> Simon's gone to Vegas. So Sarah Polly with an, uh, gets approached by Jay Moore and, and Scott Wolf about doing some sort of drug deal. She takes up. She's never sold drugs in her life. <laughs> she goes over to Timothy Oliphant, gets a whole, like 20 capsules of X, I think. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> it's either... So, oh, yeah. So she's about to get caught by Fickner mm-hmm. in the sting operation, but she knows she knows that something's up because Jay Moore says something to her and she goes in the bathroom and flushes them all down. She still needs to sell the, the X, though. So she puts all this aspirin and shit in, in, the, in the thing and starts telling people that it's X, yep. people who are already high. <laughs> and it's just. There's a million. I mean, I could talk about Go forever. I yeah. know that. I hope that it's not boring a whole bunch of people. But it's like, uh, it's such a good movie, and with so many, it's it's a it's a it's a trying to be Pulp Fiction. Almost. I was going to say it does as almost as good a job as Pulp Fiction about showing us different viewpoints of stories that end up intersecting later in ways we don't expect. And uh, yeah, I man, it's just outstanding. Yeah, uh, it's kinetic too. Like it, it's a pretty short movie, I think, but it goes like that. It, yeah it, it does go it goes it does yeah. uh, there's all credits and there's a whole there's a whole thing where one of the uh, katie holmes and sarah polly's friend the dude that's hanging out with them takes way too much x <laughs> and uh there's a whole thing where he's in the he's in the grocery store and uh and he's he starts thinking like he starts uh thinking that the one of the uh women at the the register is like looking at him and and like wants to seduce him and everything and he's just and he's just sitting there just like with this just look on his face like he's just completely gone but he's he's imagining this this uh register woman like him and him him and her dancing and everything and then by the end of it he's like looking at a cat and the cat's like i can read your thoughts (laughs) and it's like you're gonna die go is fucking fantastic i would say that's a huge recommend from here i i think we've talked about go but i don't think we've ever gone in depth about it yeah um then there is the hangover um i love the first hangover Mm -hmm. but it it, the other two movies almost ruined this first movie's legacy They almost did yeah uh but uh but it's a you know another good premise it is i've said this before it's dude where's my car for Mm -hmm for the you know for the just i guess the drunk set or whatever because they wake up and their apartment is trash like a fear and loathing in las vegas there's a lot of unexplained things going on in there there's a chicken running around that's right tiger in the bathroom there's a tiger in the bathroom somehow they stole it from mike tyson i'm gonna fuck this tiger (laughs) one of my favorite blinds what is the zach galifianakis thing where he's like everybody knows tigers hate pepper or they love pepper they hate cinnamon yeah (laughs) yeah yeah he's again you know i i think a lot of what galifianakis has done since this movie has soured some of what he does in this movie for me because this was really before he had exploded onto my radar i think this was before his between two ferns blew up Mm. Uh, i hadn't seen any of his stand-up and he's really fucking funny in this but i don't know the more he goes on the more it feels like that's the thing like that the thing he does in this movie is the thing yes yeah. that's the thing i mm-hmm. never saw that fx series that he did did you ever see that where he's oh like, uh, baskets or? yeah yeah i never saw i've never seen it. I, I like between two ferns even though it's a little bit cringy i think because you know people are in on the joke that it's it's funnier 
Um, but I know I've never really gotten into the, he had that movie, the campaign movie with Will Ferrell and due date. And he basically was, yeah, playing the same yeah. type of character. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I like the guy. All right. I just, you know, nah. yeah. 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 Uh, but the hangover is good. Uh, just don't watch the other two. Yep. Uh, then there's the incredible Burt Wonderstone. <laughs> I've seen this movie like four times. <laughs> it's odd. Like there's enjoyable parts to the, to this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I my favorite part. So Steve Carell and Steve Buscemi are, uh, their partners in this magic show or whatever. And even though Buscemi's not really the magician of the group, they do fairly well with what they do. I guess they're, they're not a huge act. They're not. Are they? They're not a huge act. They. I think it's presented at the start of the movie that they used to be. Yeah, they used to be. And then for whatever reason, they fucked it up. Uh, maybe it was that they never changed the show or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's something like that. Um, but yeah, they're playing off the real life Vegas. Oh, Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy. Only mm. these guys don't use tigers or what have you. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of like playing off that kind of magic partnership. And you were going to talk about the part where I bet where he has to do it himself. Yeah, yeah. when Steve Carell has to do, he he ends up not changing it at all. He does the same thing that he would do if Bashimi was there. Doesn't even replace Bashimi, and it's and there's so many things that Bashimi does in that act <laughs> that Steve Carell trying to do it by himself is ridiculous. Yes. And that's what's so funny about that one scene. But yeah, the movie itself, uh, you know, it's not that good. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I agree with that assessment. Yeah, doesn't uh, Jim Carrey play like a David Blaine he type does. of dude? Chris angel yeah, yeah. and olivia wilde's in this yeah and she's fun and uh arkin uh, yeah, Alan arkin yeah. is maybe a scene stealer um, it's he's sort of the um the the mentor that's the, the guy that he put the vhs tape of yep. in and that's how he learned his magic or whatever yep uh, but yeah, Jim Carrey does show up and like he does everything real. Everything's got to be real and extreme. Yeah. <laughs> and so like there are scenes where he's like going through incredible pain and everything. He shoots himself in the head with a nail gun. Yeah. That's part of one <laughs> yeah. of his yeah. Like, and then he like makes this weird cross-eyed face. It's one of the best la- later career Jim Carrey performances. I think he's worth watching the movie for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a super long movie, but yeah, Chris is right. It's not a great movie. Uh, all around it does have some funny bits yep and then there is indecent proposal wow <laughs> this was a phenomenon man. yeah it Didn't was. i just see a headline that they're remaking this yeah like gender oh, swap really? gender swap swap remake really yeah yeah yeah, yeah that never. needs to happen yeah yeah exactly we were all waiting on being <laughs> this was uh this was one of woody harrelson's first i'm not woody from cheers roles right and he had done a couple other things but this was the first time you saw him and like oh He's kind of a playing a dark, you know, straight laced character in this. He's not dumbass Woody in this. Or mm. um, but yeah, uh, Woody Harrelson's married to Demi Moore and Robert Redford Caesar. And the indecent proposal is I'll give you a million dollars for one night with your wife. And so the whole thing is, should he say yes to this? Does He talks with his talks with Demi Moore about it. Should should we do this? Million dollars, a lot of money. Rejected outright, of yeah, course. Right. And then, well, <laughs> but maybe. The, the, I like this movie, by the way. It, hmm. it, uh, okay. Hmm. I don't. There is a point, and I guess this is a spoiler, but who gives a shit? <laughs> what is this, 92, 93? Yeah, it's like 92 that? when it came out. Uh, 
Spoiler, they, they, they fuck. They, <laughs> they do break up, and she ends up with him. And mm-hmm. like, there's a point where Woody Harrelson even sees them at the same functions or or at a at a like a gala or something together mm-hmm. or whatever that's where the movie really takes a weird like turn for me like yeah see i kind of yeah, I, I like that i mean it's not to the level of something like closer mm-hmm. where it really like explores the sexual psychodrama type of things but it does kind of put a weird perspective on something that you would just say no of course not are you mm-hmm. fucking kidding me but then when you, you start thinking about the considerations beforehand and then the considerations afterwards, mm-hmm. there's no way that he can go back, that Woody can go back to a regular relationship after this has happened, even though he wants to. And, you know, the aftermath of that, them getting together, then them eventually reconciling. It just feels, on a, on a premise level, it feels like Fast and Furious levels preposterous to me. And I think that's why I can never get too invested in it. Because I think you're right. I mean, yes, if this happened... Of course, they're going to break up after a while. Of course, she's probably going to be attracted to the super rich guy. This is probably how it shakes out, but it's never going to happen. How well, often I mean, do you it's think a this happens? Well, okay, but yeah. It's within the plausibility, I think. I, I, I mean, I guarantee like, you something has happened like this. I mean, you look back it, in history. It's probably happened. happened. Yeah. Let's, 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 I mean, it, it probably has, so. But, but. It, just, it, it is presented maybe as being this, preposterous. Maybe in this movie, it doesn't seem like it's something that is believable. Whereas, you know, I don't know. I think, I guess what I'm saying is, if that has probably happened, it probably wasn't a guy like Robert Redford, and it probably wasn't a girl like Demi Moore. Well, yeah. It may be a girl like Demi Moore, though, because that would be the type of woman that you pay a million dollars for. I wonder, so- though, if this inspired millionaires to do this after it came out. They're like, hey, it worked, worked for out. him. <laughs> I'm going to go try yeah. it. Worst thing she's going to do is say I no. probably look like Robert Griffin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this movie, I have probably very wrongly, but I filed this movie away right alongside the box. <laughs> you mean the Cameron Diaz? Yes, with Cameron Diaz and Marston. Yeah, I it's kind of yeah, no, like that. It is a sort boxy. of presents them this box with a button. You yeah. press it, something awesome happens, but somewhere, someone in the world's going to die. Yeah. And yeah. they have this moral quandary that no one would ever think twice about. No, I don't want to be responsible for murder. Take your fucking box and go. <laughs> but no, the movie plays out as though they're the one in a hundred couple that actually says yes. That's right. That's the same. It's the same fucking movie to me. Yeah. It's not really. But no, um, no, I mean, the it's Couch Tomato could do a nice little video, I think, comparing yeah. the 24 <laughs> yeah. strings between the two. Indecent Proposal came out in 93, 93, by the way, April 93. Um, they also spoof this in Kingpin. Uh, there's oh, yeah. a there's a part where Woody Harrelson is with Randy Quaid at a bar, and Chris <laughs> Elliott comes up and says, "I will give you a million dollars to be with your friend for one night." <laughs> and there's a little fantasy sequence where Woody Harrelson goes over and whispers into Chris Elliott's ear, and then the next scene is like Woody throwing money around on a bed, and Randy Quaid is like injured or something. Um, uh, Demi Moore in 1993. She's man. a bad motherfucker. Whew. Um, that was before jury duty no wait she wasn't in jury duty <laughs> what was the movie she's in when she's a juror the, the juror the juror okay yeah. so i was close <laughs> the rural the juror. rural the rural juror <laughs> the, ju- the juror yeah the juror was uh not a very good movie it had alec no, baldwin no. in it didn't it yeah it did yeah, yeah and did. james gandolfini yeah it did yeah, um did. then we have uh what i said jury duty i'm still oh yeah jury duty. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she was in that Polly shore, Pauly shore <laughs> Demi Moore sharing the screen. she she fell on some hard times <laughs> um then we have 
the last stand it's not worth talking about all that much but it, it does start in las vegas and then it goes to this arizona town where arnold schwarzenegger is the oh i saw the, this uh, the, did you see this this was like the first movie he made after being a governor yeah and it feels like the first movie he made after being a governor yeah, yeah. in that everything is like you feel like all the angles are super close up. Like we're not getting a lot of full body shots. <laughs> There's no like muscle yeah. show off shots. He's That's not true. being asked to do a lot of dialogue. Uh, but if I remember right, I think I remember having a good time. Yeah. I think this is the movie where they have like a giant harpoon in a barn. Yeah. And one of the ways that the, basically they know this asshole escape prisoner is coming through their town on his way to Mexico because yep. I guess he's telegraphed his route. And I believe they wheel out this ginormous, like, tank-sized harpoon <laughs> to harpoon the car with. I think so. I remember there's been a, a huge Gatling gun that they use. In Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, not very good. Yeah. No, no, it's not. But it is. You're right. It is fun. Yeah, I think I remember having fun with it. Uh, then there's Leaving Las Vegas. You didn't have fun with this movie. <laughs> this is this is one of those movies where they're just actively trying to depress you it really all is. the way through. Do you not like this movie? Um. I like the performances in it. I don't like the movie, though, I don't think. No. And I... What's the movie trying to say? And I'm not saying all movies should be judged, good or bad, based on what they're trying to say. But in this specific instance, what is this movie trying to say to me? I don't think it's trying Everybody to say hurts, anything. Everybody hurts? Because yeah. R.E.M. said that way better. And didn't take up nearly as much of my life. Yeah. So. <laughs> and uh, what, basically, Cage is, is, would you say he's suicidal in this movie? Yes. I think he is explicitly yeah. drinking because he, to kill himself. He, he, that's what he set out to, sets yep. out to do, yep. is to drink himself to death. Yep. And uh, and then he's, again, because it's Vegas, he's found a hooker with a heart, heart of gold. Who's also gorgeous. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue, who, like... Uh, I think she sort of thinks that she can sort of bring him out of it because, you know, maybe love can kill the demon and everything. But she finds out that, no, it's that demon is always there if you don't get any help. Mm -hmm. So uh, no one person, doesn't matter if it's a romantic relationship or not, can get you out of something like that. What's the point of her giving him the flask for the, the birthday gift? Is it is it that she's resigned to it or is that supposed to be like a uh, like a uh, like a wake up call to him? I don't I don't know. I haven't seen it in forever. I haven't well, really took it, it as as that she was resigned to it and she gives him this like fuck you look when he opens it. Yeah, it could be um, it, it could be like killing him with kindness in some way like, you know, this is what you this is what you like, this is what you deserve. So here's a flask. Yeah. She's yeah. uh that's a terrific performance, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, she, I don't know uh, if she's ever gotten to that point again. She did she win? She got nominated at least for this we know nicholas, nick did nicholas cage won it's also a cheryl crow song yes it I is i actually like that song too wasn't that a Cheryl crow song before the movie came out mm, it was right around there it was but i feel like it was first but she was nominated she did not win but uh yeah and then that reminds me of uh i don't think i don't know if this is anywhere on the list but there were a couple of romantic comedies set around vegas one was fools rush in oh man i like me that movie you know yeah, why i do too i've seen it a million times for some reason matthew perry and salma hayek huh. um but there's a point where perry doing his very Perryisms and everything is talking about like not wanting to go to vegas because that movie that song that blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh no i don't know why why because matthew perry is in it and i love Friends. oh okay uh, i was i was trying to wonder <laughs> i was trying to figure out what what other reasons it's funny um 
Salma Hayek and him have a one night stand, but she gets pregnant, and then uh-huh. they decide to be a couple. And it's basically from there. It's it's guess who's coming to dinner? As he kind of like clashes with her Mexican heritage, and she clashes with his rich white snobby parents and lifestyle. <laughs> There's an actual line in this movie where, like he like she's at the house and his parents show up, and uh, she goes off to do something else, and she think they think that she's his housekeeper yeah and and there and and so the mom is it christine baranski that's his mom it's somebody like that i think it is it's, i'm picturing her dad i can't picture the mom right but now. she goes it must be great it, it, it must be so easy to find work around here <laughs> being so close to mexico oh my god <laughs> his dad even says something when they're out on that boat about the white people are melting out here in this heat yeah. <laughs> and the, the the parents have a big fight about who actually owns this land and all yeah. sort of type of stuff and good god it's jill clayburgh Oh yeah, Jill Clayburgh. Yeah, uh, I I find it enjoyable, and uh, uh, maybe I just like Matthew Perry too much. Yeah, and then there was another <laughs> one called Whatever Happens in Vegas that had Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz in it. Oh, yeah, uh, I think I saw that, that one. Yeah, was not oh, very it's because good. they like break up, and then he, so one of them wins a jackpot. They get married they get in married. Vegas. In, in Vegas? They oh, he ma- tries to hide it from her because it was a drunk marriage and yes. they're going to get divorced, but she wants the money. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. You don't need to watch the movie. I just God, gave you all the sucks. entertainment you're going to get out right. of it. The movie sucks Reminds so me, I skipped over Honeymoon in Vegas, which is another Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. This one's fun. This one's fun. Yeah. Is this I mean, the one with uh, Sarah Jessica? Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember liking it. It's almost like an indecent proposal type of thing. James Caan uh really wants sarah jessica parker so and he's a rich dude and everything so he finds a way to pry her away from nicholas cage gives him a box with a button in it gives him a box and says i'll pay you a million dollars to sleep with randy quaid yes yeah honeymoon in vegas is uh is pretty funny like it ends up with uh nicholas cage having to skydive into vegas with the flying Mm -hmm. elvi yeah yeah man nicholas cage and all this elvis stuff there's Mm -hmm. just like a weird thing with him yeah, I don't like and it. he's a Coppola too. Yeah, but he's like a like a cousin Coppola. Yeah, right? he's not in the main lineage, right? No, I think he is. He's yeah, he's the nephew of Francis Ford. I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, because pretty... I think it's was it Carmine Coppola or somebody like that that's his or I can't remember because Tally Shire is is Francis Ford Coppola's sister. That's Jason Schwartzman. That's right. Yeah. Um, that's where Jason Schwartzman connects, and then. Then you have um, God. There's so many Coppolas, though. There's but, a ton of Coppolas out there. But yeah, he's he's definitely in the in the main tree. Thing. Yeah. Um. Then uh, more Nicolas Cage. Next, I saw this <laughs> bullshit. Oh, me too. Oh, this is so bad. <laughs> this is such a bad movie. This is the one where he can see the future. Yes. Two and he minutes. Can, he can and he can. Can't he? He can. Can he transport to it? Or no. is it? No. He can just see it and then try and prevent it. Yeah. And Jessica Biel yeah oh they sleep together don't they <laughs> i think so yeah oh but that's, he's like uh he's this is why he's such a good magician is because he can see two minutes into the future i don't know how that works and i think the cia is interested in getting into his, his they are, it's julian moore yeah yeah they want him for his brain just like goodwill hunting Th- man th- this just this movie's just such fucking garbage man. it is it and, is and i this is one of those i saw at hollywood 27 or something late at night and just you just become miserable (laughs) like oh my god this is where my job sucks i'm seeing a free movie and it sucks um yeah poor jessica beale we mentioned it when we were talking about the center man mm -hmm. she just never really 
made it in uh I'll tell you what movies. where she didn't make it in the movies she made it in the in the marriage life like she mm-hmm. sure did man she married Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. I would have married Justin Lock Timberlake. that shit down oh yeah uh, so she you know every, every everyone who could have married him would have been out kicking their coverage <laughs> so she did well landing him <laughs> yeah yeah um then we have Ocean's 11 and Ocean's 13 both of them are are Vegas centric. Have you seen the original Ocean's Eleven? I have not. Yeah, once. Uh, you know, I understand why it's a classic and all that stuff, but I don't. I didn't like it all it's that. Not much. very good. It's, it's very not, talky. It's too talk. Well, it's just it's the Rat Pack getting the band back together. Yeah, it's just that when when Clooney got his band together, they set out to make a cool stylist stylistic movie, whereas. Sinatra just wanted to get his buddies together. I guess so. I think they were trying to go for something like, like the more elevated for Ocean's Eleven. But I don't know. I don't. It never really got there for me. Maybe I was tainted because I saw the more modern version. Well, I saw it before. before. I only saw it because they were making a new one. I saw it like the year before the new one came out. Oh, okay. And didn't like it, and it was slow. And and I I think I err on the side of liking a lot of movies from that era more than most. But you know. Just watch the, just watch the Clooney. Yeah, is this where, is this the movie where Clooney like announced himself? Like, I know Out of Sight, we all love Out of Sight, but it yeah. wasn't a ginormous no, hit or anything. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the one that it. You know, this would be a very good debate. By the way, I I think George Clooney is one of the most well known actors that we have, but his name doesn't sell movies. I know. I know it's weird, it's, right? Uh, the, one of the strangest things that I've ever seen. Like you can't just put George Clooney and people want to go see it, yeah. even though I think people generally like him. Yeah, uh, he's not like Leonardo DiCaprio or somebody like that, where you feel like he DiCaprio sells the movie whenever he's with he's in it. Um, you look at Clooney's like box office tr- track record, and it's like, wow, this is spotty at best. He also doesn't do outside of Batman uh, uh, and Robin. Like he typically doesn't do those big populist movies. No, he doesn't. But Besides movies this. that should be big hits typically don't perform great. Um, yeah, but yeah, I would say this probably put him in there because you have so much other star wattage in here with him. You know, Brad Pitt and Matt Damon, and you know, it's like a, a that's a that's a ton of people all sort of associated with each other there, that sort of buoy each other. And everything. I think Elliot Gould really takes them over the top. That's right, for sure. Elliot Gould, uh, Carl Reiner, for sure. <laughs> and let's not forget Scott Kahn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, uh, yeah, and then Ocean's Thirteen. I actually don't remember too much about it, other than the like the David Paymer stuff. <laughs> And the and the whole Casey Affleck Scott Con thing when they go down to Mexico and then they start fighting for their rights yeah. and everything. I like this, and I know you like Ocean's Twelve. I like this much better than Ocean's Twelve. Mm-hmm. I think it's got it's a little bit too over the top. It's still got that like weird inside baseball-y language stuff about naming the 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 moves and all that stuff. There's that weird thing with Matt Damon and Ellen Barkin where he has that pheromone thing in the nose yeah the nose plays the nose plays but and the and the no one needed it revealed that that other guy who's the cop was his dad (laughs) yeah no kidding that guy who's been uh, like a bit player in the previous movie or two yeah Yeah. that's matt damon's character's dad yeah yeah but it's still i think it's it's more it's it's enjoyable isn't this the one where pacino has like a solid gold cell phone or some (laughs) shit 
Isn't it? Yeah. I know Pacino's in it, but this is the one with He's playing Terry Benedict on steroids. Exactly. Even though Benedict is in this movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're Uh, trying to get Benedict to work with them to screw this guy. Because he hates Pacino's character. Pacino's building his own casino, a new casino or whatever. And there's a part in there that just for whatever, just the way Pacino delivers it. It's it's that classic Pacino or whatever, Mm -hmm. where he's like, I don't want to hear about the labor pains. I just want to see the baby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, <laughs> then we have one from the heart i never saw this it's a francis ford coppola movie mm-hmm. yeah it's um, got a really good cast you say there's a soundtrack with tom waits and crystal gale on dude, it, dude huh? this is such a great soundtrack i was really into tom waits uh at the time he got everything that he uh that he made and i was like i was looking through it and i was like one from the heart like i'd never seen that movie i'd never heard of it it's first just a second here uh-huh why the fuck do they name a movie like this yeah um, there's so many of the heart movies music of the heart <laughs> that's true and and you know probably if i if i typed in heart in the imdb i would see like 60 movies that are that sound just like this anyway, where the heart is yeah where the heart is yeah, it's not bad it's got raul julia and terry gar in it and uh i remember kind of enjoying it it's 1982 so it feels very 1982 mm-hmm. soundtrack is really what i remember yeah yeah um so this was so oh, i didn't even know it was that that far ago i didn't know it was that long ago because this must have been right after he did apocalypse now then yeah and just before he did cotton club and the outsiders and all that um that's just one that just kind of gets thrown into the definitely uh then there's over the top bum, bum, bum. Yeah! i've yeah. never seen it really yeah that, oh man this is one of those movies though that uh all the kids around me would never stop talking about <laughs> oh, arm man. wrestling movie right so yeah, that's alone yep. i'm writing sins for a movie right now and i made an over-the-top reference oh nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. um i saw it i saw it once and thought oh so it's rocky for arm wrestling okay it's exactly what it is and i don't really need to watch it again i don't think no and there's this is a kid getting... there's some warm fuzzies <laughs> there's the song he wins there's a truck yeah he's a trucker yeah yeah now this has gotten like a like a cult status i think over the years because it's so over, over the, the top, top. <laughs> uh but like yeah it's fucking arm it. wrestling it's fucking arm yeah. wrestling and you get these giant fucking people in there that have have biceps made of like like granite mm-hmm. and somehow stallone when he gets up to that thing, he turns that motherfucking trucker hat around mm-hmm. and it gives him superhuman strength. Mm-hmm. And he's able to, through a certain technique by bending the wrist and stuff like that, that he's able to beat these guys. Isn't isn't that illegal? It's it's Probably. some sort of technique that he's able to do. Oh. No, matter of fact, I don't think it's bending the wrist because they strap him up all together oh, okay. and everything. So there's there's some way that he's figured out. And of course, he's all like jacked up and roided up and all that yeah, stuff yeah, and yeah. veiny and shit. Right. And, but yeah he he wins exactly the way jeremy summarized i don't i mean i think there are so many better ways to spend an hour and a half i can't even re- recommend you watch it for like cheeky fun yeah yeah i want to see how much this made over the top because look okay because i heard nothing about nothing but over the top it seemed like when this movie came out this movie made 16 million dollars yeah <laughs> even in 1987 that's nothing yep. yeah 
So why was I hearing about it so no, much? Everybody who went to see it was from your community. Apparently. I think so, or or that age group. <laughs> that's that's what it was. Ooh, arm wrestling. That's badass. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, only is. like eleven year olds can find that. Once it's, you get to twelve, that's not cool. Yeah. It's funny because it starts in like these underground fight clubs type of thing, like a basement, and then they go to Las Vegas for the finale. Oh right? my god. And he wins this ungodly amount of money for arm wrestling. I'll tell you what though. I was at a Mexican restaurant with my wife a few days ago and on ESPN two was a fucking professional cornhole tournament what i'm dead serious wow Hmm. that's that is so that is early august programming right there i'm I'm just saying an arm wrestling tournament doesn't sound so crazy anymore you know what i think that was they did no they they did this promotion espn2 did a promotion based on dodgeball where they became espn ate the ocho yeah i've seen that for a day they played on the same day yeah, they played dodgeball. They played all these ridiculous, like... It, it, it was sponsored C. by Johnsonville, so if they were in on the joke. If it I was can't joke. wait to figure That's this out. That's what ESPN used to be, by the way. I would see arm wrestling tournaments on ESPN, Right, too. before they got baseball and football and basketball and even hockey at one point, uh, ESPN was that, that source for like all those real niche sports. Yeah. Uh, you know, lacrosse, you'd see a lot of ton of, you know, you'd see a lot of lacrosse, you'd see bowling, was, bowling, you'd see a lot of those type of things mm-hmm. on ESPN. It was kind of a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then there's Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Mm. I never, oh. I haven't seen either one. Well, because it's a convention, mm-hmm. I guess is what, well. I mean, I honestly, I saw this movie, mm-hmm. swear to God, I thought the convention was in Miami. <laughs> so i don't know that there's much vegas no, well, in this movie yeah i mean it's it's at a certain hotel i forget which one it is uh but it's the exact same storyline just really set is. at a convention and man i got outvoted on family movie night and it ended up being paul blart to mall cop what did you want to watch i think maybe jumanji welcome to the jungle or something like that oh, all right um but i got outvoted for paul blart that's yeah. right uh then we have uh pay it forward oh jesus is that Vegas? Yeah, it's Vegas. I, I remember it being dusty. This. Yeah, <laughs> this is post uh, American Beauty. Everyone, I mean, this should have been a home run. Post Kevin Sixth Spacey, Sense. yeah, and post Six Sense, Haley Joel Osment and Helen Hunt, mm-hmm. who everyone loves mm-hmm. still, but back then everyone loved, mm-hmm. and they, they just they tacked it onto the most syrupy, saccharine well, story ever. Yeah. And this was another one of those like. Um, what do you call a book like this? I mean, it's a bestseller, but it it was a a way of life for some people, like yeah. those eat, pray, love type books. Yeah, or no, I, almost cult like. Yeah, so like, so there were people out there who who were like, yeah, pay it forward, and you know, it became a thing that people did, and they probably still do. They actually. do, and I'm gonna actually full stop right here and go on a rant because every five six months or so, I see an article about a pay it forward hour at starbucks where one awesome customer paid for their drink and the drink of the person behind them and when that person found out their drink had been paid for they paid for the drink behind them and it went on for 110 cars and i'm just like all what the fuck you want everybody but one person still paid for a drink yeah there's and, one and person also, out of a hundred that got a free drink. And the also, last one. Yeah, somebody got screwed. Several people got screwed where they just wanted their regular coffee, but the guy behind him has like $16 worth yes, of shit. but I'm also like, the, why are we making this the story of like faith in humanity restored because $3 was spent on someone else's coffee? Yeah. Goddamn people are giving kidneys out there. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Let me go back to talking about Nevada now. Yeah. 
<laughs> I I don't yeah I don't remember too much Nevada in this movie, but um, I just I, like I said I remember it being dusty. Yeah, no, so, it's set it's set outside of Vegas. Yeah, this movie's not very good. Nope. No, no, no. no. Um, then there's Rango. Now this was I believe Paramount uh, trying oh, to do uh, animation, and they got Gore Verbinski mm-hmm. and uh, and Johnny Depp. Ah, oh, goodness. Right. And uh, this movie did decently, and I remember liking it okay, but it has been forgotten the time. It sure, sure has. has. Um, That's creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sure has. Uh, and I don't think I've ever even seen it, but I do think it has a small but fervent cult fan base out there on the internet. Yeah. I think there are Rango bros. I like me some Rango. It is Paramount, by the way, and it was... Uh, the uh, cinematography was done by Roger Deakins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's one of those movies that looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And Deakins then, you know, he he lended his uh, skills to How to Train Your Dragon and stuff, too. Oh, That's why yeah. those movies look so amazing. Uh, this I don't remember too much about this movie, though. No, uh, I mean, Rango is, is like this little uh, lizard chameleon type of guy. And a lot of it is an affectation of uh, Johnny Depp's character from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. He's got the Hawaiian shirt and the floppy hat and all that stuff. And he gets into adventures. He eventually, like, saves a town and becomes the mayor and stuff like that. It's got a little bit, like, snappier dialogue. And, and, and obviously, like you said, it's beautiful to where I, I like me some Rango. It's pretty good. What you're saying is it's not an animated adaptation of Django Unchained? It's no, not. and that's what I was thinking going into it, even though mm-hmm. Django hasn't come out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, you knew it was coming out, though. <laughs> exactly. You, you exactly. knew there was a hint of it coming out when yeah. Rango was made. This right. has got a good voice cast. It's got Isla Fisher, Abigail Breslin, Ned Beatty, Alfred Molina, or Fred, Stephen, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Root, Harry Dean Stanton, who shows up a lot in Nevada movies, by the way. Um, and Timothy Elephant. Hmm. Oh. Uh, then we have Showgirls. That's, that's, uh, that's uh, a pretty Vegasy movie. Yeah, I I remember when this movie came out, and and I, it's weird. Like before before the internet told you if a movie was going to be good or not, we didn't have that kind of thing going on back in 1995. I had heard so much about Showgirls. That I thought it was going to be a good movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like I was 18 at the time this movie came out and we went to the Franklin cinema to watch it. Nice. It was me and a bunch of buddies went to go see it. And, uh, and I remember thinking this is going to be good. Right. And then watched it and I was like, Oh, how, why did I think that? Why did I think it was going to be? Uh, it might have been a turning point for me as far as, uh, well, I'll tell you what. I was, I don't know, I think I'm like two and a half years older than you, not mm-hmm. that much. I was in college when this movie came out, and it, I remember it was controversial as hell. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I was going to a religious university at the time, so the controversy was probably ringing louder uh, in my community than it was in other parts of the world. Uh, but it was so controversial they, that it didn't open in very many screens. Yeah, well, uh, they the one other thing is that they forewent uh, the rating, I think, in a lot of uh, things. And they uh, went ahead, instead of NC-17, they just went ahead and went unrated, unrated with it, which automatically makes it impossible to put your movie in theaters. Uh, so they couldn't get the R rating. And NC-17 was just as much a kiss of death as the X rating was. <laughs> you got to imagine... What uh, Paul Verhoeven uh, was asked to cut from that movie yeah. and refused to. Oh, I know. By the <laughs> way, I'm, I'm sorry I interrupted you. What were you saying? Uh, I don't. I can't imagine it was all that. Imp- <laughs> oh, no, it was. Uh, I think. Th- well, I had to drive all the way into the heart of Chicago to find a theater that even was playing. Oh, really? Uh, and it was a sold out show. And I, I remember feeling 
the optimism of knowing this is the guy that made Total Recall and Starship Troopers. Now, I Starship Troopers is enjoying a much better reputation today than it probably deserves. Uh, mm-hmm. When it came out, it had a much poorer reputation than it deserved. And I feel like I've always been kind of right where it needed to be. I kind of liked it, but thought it was pretty cheesy. Um, and so I, I think I went to this expecting spectacle, right? It's super controversial. It's got this ratings issue. It's got the fucking girl from Saved by the Bell doing mm-hmm. naked. Mm-hmm. And I'm 20 years old. That was my draw. I'm in, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's just such a terrible experience. I can't even like get aroused in the scenes where I'm supposed to be getting <laughs> right. aroused because uh-huh. God love her. Her acting is so bad that it's almost like it's almost like he set out to I'm going to make a movie and get one of the Saved by the Bell girls to be naked. Mm hmm. And she was the only one even willing to talk further. And we ended up with this. Imagine <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen in this role. Oh, my God. It would have been amazing. I was in love with Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Well, what are the, what are the, I liked uh, Lisa. Yeah. Oh, Lisa's yeah. great. Um, this movie is bad. It was always going to be bad. But it's long, too. It mm-hmm. is. And it's like, you, you got to have... I don't know where Verhoeven's head was with this. It, it may be exactly like you said. I think he's just too close to the joke. I think he thought he was making something that was winking and knowing like he did with Starship Troopers, but had lost the plot. And yeah. no one else was going to see it that way. But to him, I think he thought he was making another satire yeah. that went ab- above the level of people watching it but this, i don't think he did. yeah he made it unwatchable this also reteamed him with joe esterhaus with in the base that's the basic instinct team right oh there. yeah so, he, so maybe he thought that this was another you know provocative you know money maker that oh. certainly propelled basic instinct to mm-hmm. a lot of box office mm-hmm. was the the shocking nature of it. Yeah. I remember like the weekend it came out, people were talking about, I've never seen sex scenes. Like the very first scene in this movie is the oh, raunchiest sex scene I've ever yeah. seen. That built word of mouth. Like, mm-hmm. great. Let's not pretend it didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I remember mm-hmm. being 14 and seeing a trailer for basic instinct. And I was like, God, I hate being 14. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be big. It's yeah. The worst. <laughs> it, I mean, is this long leggy Sharon stone showing up on the fucking thing? I'm like, yeah, I really want to see that. <laughs> um, then we have Swingers. Mm. Um, yeah, Swingers uh, is, uh, you, you mentioned in the notes here that uh, it's mainly California, but there yeah. is a swing into Vegas. Mm-hmm. And um, I like, I, that's such a great part in that movie because it has all of the excitement of Vince Vaughn and John Favre. Yeah. Vegas, baby, Vegas, Vegas. And you realize that this is like a two and a half hour, three three hour yeah. drive from from L A to Vegas, and their enthusiasm wanes. Yeah. Well, it's one of <laughs> until the, they finally see the lights and like Vegas, baby. And I always felt like that was a joke about Hollywood as much as anything else because they always gloss over that drive. <laughs> yeah, it's always like a montage, it's instantaneous, yeah. and it's not. And I love that bit, and that's kind of representative on a micro level of the whole movie's sense of humor. Like yeah. I love that line about you got to be nuts to shoot in a casino, even though they're going to mm-hmm. shoot in a casino. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or they already did in this movie, I think, when that line is uttered. Anyway, yeah, I love Swingers, and I think it still holds up. Um, I saw it maybe a couple months ago. Uh, the answering machine stuff, 
dates it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and then you have stuff like Big Bad Voodoo Daddy that oh, comes yeah. in that sort of dates it music-wise. Well, but- and all those bowling shirts that they're wearing <laughs> yeah. with the collars and the <laughs> stripes. But getting back to that Vegas thing, they go through that whole thing where he's like, he's like, do you think we'll be able to, to get to Vegas by midnight? And he's like, baby, we'll be up 500 by midnight. <laughs> and so, like, after that, then they show they show him that they're super tired and Vince Vegas is like, <laughs> Vegas, baby. <laughs> Vegas. And Favreau looks like he's about to fall asleep and he just kind of nods like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Swingers is great. Um, and, uh, Doug Lyman on this one mm-hmm. as well. I think Favreau wrote the script in like three days or something. It's one of those legendary type of things where like, you know, he just went and wrote it and it was done and it was ready to shoot it immediately. And then lots of people in swingers who were playing bit parts ended up being big producers and shit like uh, i think some of the producers of twilight are in this movie oh really oh yeah. wow like just randomly in party scenes and everything imagine like that imagine the amount of dollars that this movie launched in terms of careers favreau yeah. vince vaughn doug lyman like and heather those producers graham. Yeah. heather graham yeah yeah then uh, ron livingston yep. has built a big huge career off of this uh uh yeah um and and you know when swingers came out you you thought like oh i can be like vince vaughn and like i can <laughs> i can do all the stuff he does to get chicks and everything it's it's a sort of a precursor to that the game book that came out with uh you know yeah, that you should pick up women and yeah. everything uh you know they they have that whole dialogue about how long it is how long is the best time to wait to call a woman you've gotten your phone number from and everything and so like there's the whole thing is like he's like uh when should i favreau gets a gets a number from uh from brooke langton who's a real yeah. she she ends up having a pretty good character actress career but um she he gets a number from her and he goes over to, to vince vaughn and he's like when should i call her and uh and he goes um he goes uh, uh give it a day and he goes tomorrow and he goes no tomorrow then a day yeah and then they then he and his friend sue start talking and he's like two days is industry standard and he's like i try to do two days for anything or whatever it's like what about three days though three days is kind of money yeah three days, <laughs> three days and then favreau by the end of it is like well how long are you gonna wait to call your babies and he's like six days <laughs> <laughs> and they both say it at the exact same time <laughs> uh swingers is fantastic <laughs> love swingers uh then we have undisputed yeah you remember this snipes versus rames oh the prison boxing movie mm-hmm. never saw it yeah it's not good no, i why would don't it be? remember much about it it seems like there's another undisputed that came out but um whoa there is another well there's a it's, it looks like a documentary maybe yeah, but then there's like a... two others. There's two sequels to this movie. Too. Oh, really? Undisputed <laughs> two, Last Man Standing. Well, it's oh, weird right. because at the end of it, because uh, Vink Rames is like the the heavyweight title holder, and he gets involved in this this prison boxing match after he goes to prison with Wesley Snipes, who mm-hmm. beats him. But then it's never heard from again, except for the people that were in that prison. Vink Rames goes back out when he's released and wins his next bout, mm-hmm. so he's the undisputed champion. Although, is he? Oh. there's an undisputed three redemption which means that if they make more undisputed there'll be an apocalypse (laughs) undisputed apocalypse days of future past days of future past (laughs) undisputed days of future past that's right i would fucking watch that movie in a heartbeat (laughs) time travel prison (laughs) (laughs) it's gotta involve van damme oh my god oh yes it does let's write that movie today 
then there's Vegas Vacation. This was maybe the last time National Lampoons was anything. Yeah, and they whiffed the fuck out of this. Yeah, this is not good. This is coming on the heels of Christmas Vacation. Yeah, well, mm, not on the heels. Yeah, but, but it's, it's the it's, next one. Yeah, it's the next one. It's uh, it's about uh, I think eight years away from Christmas. Ninety seven. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. from, but uh, but Vegas Vacation, and, and there's only one real good joke in this, and that's because Audrey and uh, who's the Russ Russ. Mm-hmm are played once again by different actors <laughs> and one is ethan embry and the other is that oh that one girl i can't remember her name marisol nichols marisol nichols who's a lot older than i thought she was like uh like she's look- oh she's uh nadia yasir from uh 24 yeah she, oh yeah she she i thought i thought when this movie came out she was younger than me and because she plays a teenager and everything but she's like four years older than me Mm. uh but yeah vegas vacation uh tries to get that vacation magic with vegas and but there is a one joke in there where where chevy chase is like uh it's like hey you guys are changing so fast i don't even recognize you anymore (laughs) which has been has been done a million times since then it may have been done before then for all i know but uh but that was a pretty funny joke considering that they've put, been played by different actors every single time everybody's past their prime in this in this movie i mean christmas vacation encapsulated i mean everybody loves that movie mm-hmm. it's it's you know beloved it's a classic at this point and then they, they just came in too late or they it didn't this get was that too magic late National like, lampoons was just was not was not a th- real big thing mm-hmm. by the time this one came out. Not that Lam- National Lampoons needed to be a big thing, but the I think the whole la- like the whole vacation series by this point is 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody who cared about that was too old at this point and didn't care. And the mm-hmm. movie's not good. Anyway, nope. if it was good, then it might have had a chance or whatever. After this, National Lampoon's movies were all just terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, well, yeah, Van Wilder, I think, came afterwards, and that was... Yeah, mm-hmm. you have an okay thing with Van Wilder. But then, yeah, it all became like dorm days and fucking shit <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. You know? uh, then we have Very Bad Things. Um, this movie, I mean, it's got its good moments in it. I like it, man. Peter Berg. That's right. Uh, I mean, this isn't uh, this isn't a typical Peter Berg movie. Well, this uh, is one of his first uh, movies he directed. Oh yeah, I guess so. it, it might even be the first that he directed. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, a bunch of guys go to a bachelor party and uh, they accidentally kill a hooker. Jeremy a John Jeremy, Favreau in this too. Yeah, John Favreau, and uh, and Jeremy Piven uh, accidentally kills a hooker. Mm-hmm. And there's Christian Slater and there's Cameron yeah. Diaz. Doesn't he accidentally kill her while fucking her standing up in the bathroom by slamming her head onto a towel hook? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. And, <clears throat> and he's yeah. all coked out of his mind too. I think. Right. And uh, yeah, because they're they're doing nothing but like ridiculous amounts of drugs in this. And Christian Slater's they, still. Is it Leland Orser that's in this as well? Yeah. Yeah, Leland Orser. Uh, Character. Pulling out a Leland Orser mm-hmm. reference. He's in seven. He's the guy who's like, he's like, he told me to put it on, put it on me, so uh, I did, uh, and I fucked her. I fucked her. That's Leland Orser. Oh, oh. okay, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that'll that'll give you a vivid image of who yeah, he is. I don't know if go. I've ever heard his name before. Uh, then there's Viva Las Vegas. Is this an Elvis Presley mm-hmm. movie? Yeah, that's where the song came from. Okay. Um, I have never seen it. 
Viva yeah. Las Vegas. This is probably one of the more enjoyable Elvis movies. I saw two Elvis movies about 15 years ago, and I go my whole life without seeing another one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is uh, he's a stage performer, and he's trying to uh, woo a girl that's at uh, a, 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 a showgirl at a casino and everything. And it's got some nice moments to it, but uh, it's your typical Elvis movie. And we already talked about what happens in Vegas. Not very good movie. Nope. Uh, then there's uh, some non-Vegas stuff here. Father's Day. <laughs> Robin Williams and Billy Crystal. Yeah. This was supposed to be, you know, two heavyweights getting in the same movie, finally. And, the heat of comedy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's not good at all, man. Nope. No, and Julia Louis Dreyfus is in here. Um, yeah, it's it's probably the best example of should have been great. What went wrong? And and yeah, it's even it's even not that Robin Williams committed suicide in this way, but there's a scene at the beginning where he's got a gun in his mouth. And oh, I forgot. There's that. even that's an even more like you know that that makes that movie even harder to watch. Even if you wanted to today, like well, maybe that's funny or whatever. Yikes that seeing that type of thing he may not put it in his mouth but he's definitely considering killing himself Yikes. uh then there is the hills have eyes the original not the remake yeah west craven yeah west craven man i don't like these movies yeah i don't like anything about these movies i don't like hills in general mm -hmm. and i'm not a big fan of eyes <laughs> yeah you put the two together <laughs> oh nope the fuck out fuck no yeah. i'm out yeah i don't want to be spied on by no peeping hill mm-hmm uh but yeah this is this is your uh your sort of subgenre of horror which i call redneck horror mm -hmm. where you have where the the danger comes from the fact that uh you know uh backwards families are fucking each other and there's all their incest children or you know rageaholics and want to kill anybody that comes mm -hmm. near what do we owe this to this genre what is the godfather of this genre? I don't know. This is pretty close. This one might uh, be. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is that Tobe Hooper that did that? Yeah. Um, yeah, he did. Uh, but uh, I'm Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out after this. 74, 76? Oh, it may have come before this. It was around this, for sure. Yeah. But that it's around this era that I believe that redneck genre comes in uh but yeah that you start seeing that a lot and stuff like uh what's the wrong turn mm -hmm. uh deliverance even yeah deliverance uh there's uh well yeah you could even you can even maybe call that the godfather of mm -hmm. this uh the uh what's the other one um oh uh even high tension the french yeah horror movie Holt tension. Holt. Holt tension. Holt tension. Um, then there is Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> so they moved from, in Honey, I Shrunk the Kid, they moved and went to Vegas? That, no, no, they went to Nevada. Uh, oh, Nevada. I think it's, I don't know, sometime, maybe Reno. Uh, but yeah. I never saw this. Yeah, no. You know what's weird? <laughs> Instead of shrinking him, he blows up the kid. Oh, my God. Is it like Baby's Day Out? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Basically. I, I think he just... He only blew up one kid, so I don't know. This is a misnomer on the title. Mm -hmm. um, no, because I think it's singular in the title. Yeah, it is singular. Blew oh, up really? the and kid. And it's the toddler. It's the baby he blows oh, up. Oh, okay. So yes. basically, it's giant baby, the movie. Yep. And yeah. it's not fun. Oh, it's hilarious. No, fuck off. No. Uh, then there is Identity. This is a good movie. Yeah. Does uh, this have to be a Nevada movie, though? Yeah. Well, yeah, it kind of, it, it's definitely set there. Um, it. I mean, it. I, what do you mean does it have to be i might be thinking of the wrong movie i thought this was primarily all in a hotel it is, it is. so the hotel is technically in nevada i don't think they specifically say 
uh, for various reasons. They're but all the, going to Carson City. Yeah, exactly. And then the uh, the trial itself uh, for the the other character is set in Nevada. Uh, but yeah, th- there's another one called Vacancy, which I get confused with this yeah. a lot. <clears throat> um, but uh, but Identity. This came on the other day, actually. I didn't know that we were going to talk about it, but it, I was sitting there watching it because I had I, I didn't I was I hadn't seen it since it came out or whatever. But it, it's an interesting uh, thing where the main character actually isn't in the movie very long. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, but it's a it's a it's a you got a lot of people in here. Cusack, you have Ray Liotta, you have uh, Amanda Peet, Rebecca De Mornay, mm-hmm. uh, John Hawks uh this is you know pre before we anybody who knew who knew who john hawks was at that point yeah this, much. Is, this is a really well-paced movie it's interesting it, there's not a whole lot of slow parts mm-hmm. like and it's a mind fuck i yeah. mean quite literally like you you have no idea where this is going it could be a million different ways that this movie could play out yeah uh but uh yeah it's uh it starts off i believe with cusack talking to a bunch of like uh law like people of the law or whatever or or psychologists or whatever Mm. and uh and he tells them what's happening at the motel and everything and this is a good sort of device that the movie uses Mm -hmm. to have cusack tell the story and everything i would recommend identity oh sure it's a good movie um then there's shanghai nights this is not good at all this is owen wilson jackie chan they had some magic with shanghai noon then they came out with shanghai nights how's this a vegas movie or a hold on is noon before nights yeah oh so i I inverted them on there uh i don't it's like carson city or or one of those the first one is the nights they go to the reason it's shanghai nights is they go to london oh okay so, so it starts off in Vegas, then they go to London. There's a joke about it raining or whatever, and Owen Wilson's like, London blows. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Did you like Shanghai Noon? I thought it was a fun movie. You know who the bad guy is in Shanghai Nights? Hmm. It's uh, Littlefinger. Oh, oh really? <laughs> Way before you ever knew who he was. Aiden uh, Gillen. He does like a sword fight with Jackie Chan in the clock tower while Owen Wilson is dangling off the hands of the clocks right at the 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 edge of jackie chan kind of falling off his whole mm-hmm. ability to do all the stunts and, well because and they stuff, thought right? well yes in terms of age yes but i still feel like because he goes on to make karate kid after this mm-hmm. and he can still do the moves um it's just that um, like american studios thought well let's take this great asian star and we have to pair him up with the comedian mm. whether it's chris tucker or owen wilson it has to be action comedy because he, that's what he's so good at i don't know man let him be the comic element mm-hmm. pair him up with an action star and never mind i don't run hollywood the marketing for this started getting unse- insufferable too because uh they would use that kid rock cowboy song yeah for it <sighs> and it, you know like you know see them do their wacky <laughs> annex to cowboy and all that oh is God. fuck this movie uh yeah, then fuck kid rock too, yeah yeah <laughs> while we're at it uh then there's trial and error yeah oh this is a fun movie yeah it kind of is charlie's theron and you have uh jeff daniels and michael richards Mm -hmm. and jeff daniels is like a lawyer who can't can't go to i can't he can't go for some reason i can't remember what it is it's one of those technicalities movies do where they want to substitute somebody else in but yeah but michael richards who's not a lawyer ends up being the lawyer for him Ah. in this case and uh i don't I actually don't remember too much about it, but I do remember this is the first time I really fell in love with Charlize Theron 
because she had done two days in the valley but you thought that she was just because she played a very stereotypical mm-hmm. fatale, yeah yeah and i was like yeah who knows yeah i mean i thought i'd forget about her but then she does this and she's so charming in this i don't know it's been forever since i've seen it does michael richards do michael richards stuff in this like kramer type stuff mm-hmm a little bit that's kind of his thing yeah he, i mean even in uhf he's still kind of doing oh yeah Kramer. there's a oh, yeah. there's a there's a moment in here where he tries to do a take on the uh what is the defense the the too much sugar defense oh the twinkie defense the twinkie defense uh-huh. so he gets jennifer coolidge on the on the stand to to uh say that the, whatever crime was committed was because of the sugar or whatever and so like uh and she she's going through all this stuff with the oxygen and the hydrogen atoms and all this other stuff and she's like give or take a couple carbon this guy's on drugs (laughs) 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 and so like that's a it's one of those things where like i think he gets done with his he i think he has a, a moment where he has this big like you know speech at the end or whatever and like it's it's complete nonsense Mm -hmm. and uh afterwards people are like i love your speech and everything and and uh and and he's like oh well maybe i might actually win this or whatever and then the jury says something like uh like uh there was no way that speech was ever going to work it had no like (laughs) bearing on the case whatsoever um i'm not doing that movie justice at all but (laughs) check it out or that joke that the justice it deserves but uh it's like did it was like so that speech didn't work on you? No. <laughs> um but yeah, trial and error is fun. Uh then there's uh Tremors. Yeah, Tremors is a good movie. Yeah. yeah it's a it's good fun. B movie. Yeah, and they've made several They've made a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tried to come back. I think Kevin Bacon was on board with like a revival television series that was gonna be a little bit more like serious. And then it fell through, like, I don't know, five or six months ago. So That's the reason this movie is so beloved, right? Is that it, it embraced the camp of it. It did, right? yeah. And that is exactly why it's so beloved. Because if it tried to play itself as serious, it doesn't have the budget, it doesn't yeah. have the stars, doesn't have the storyline. It has to play to camp. And it does it perfectly. Michael Gross reinvented he has a whole second career just from making these fucking movies (laughs) and he was michael j fox's dad for eight or nine years so there's a um apparently a tv reboot of tremors with kevin bacon coming out that's the one that i i think it's falling apart now oh okay on social media and said it's not gonna happen Uh, okay but there are five tremors yes movies and one of them actually goes back into like the, the old west yeah is that the bloodlines tremors i'm sure it <laughs> tremors has to be. five bloodline <laughs> has to be no that's a def- that's a definite series that'll have an apocalypse or an extinction oh, yeah. <laughs> um the days of future past yeah but tremors is good it's a good old-fashioned monster movie i mean you know mm-hmm. the, they're under the ground they're you know they you never know when they're going to pop up but except for the tremors right yeah, that's right uh but uh kevin bacon's so good in this he man is. he's so fun <laughs> like uh like uh, there's a part where he he uh sees this uh the love interest the future love interest out in the middle of like you know he's, she's studying something and he's like oh boy a woman or whatever and he's running and he's like you will have great tits you will have you know the best ass in the world blah 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 and then she turns around she's got like all this sunscreen on her face and <laughs> she's like not the best you know like not like a model or anything <laughs> um but the the part where he's like running away from one of them and he and he run away from one of the trimmers and he like uh jumps into some sort of like bunker or whatever and the thing hits the wall mm-hmm. he's like ha ha fuck 
yeah. It's the first time I ever heard fuck in a PG-13 movie. Uh, then there's a Universal Soldier. Yeah. A Roland Emmerich movie. Yeah. I, I remember s- kind of liking this I movie. I saw it uh, when it came out. I don't remember much else about it. It's uh, Van Damme and uh, is it Tom Sizemore? It's Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. That's right. Yeah. Um, but it's a is it a, is it a cyborg type movie? Yeah, it's like because he, he did Cyborg as he well. <laughs> he did. Well, yes, he did but, the movie Cyborg. But the, it is an android. It, they it's not just like a serum. They have been physically enhanced mm-hmm. to be super soldiers mm-hmm. universal mm-hmm. Super universal soldiers. soldiers. And i think this only has any kind of nevada setting because some of it is in a desert yeah and it's around like the hoover dam and stuff like that yeah, yeah. 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 you ever been to the hoover dam by the way nope oh it's unbelievable i've been to vegas never been i've only flown over nevada mm. yeah hoover dam is really like intimidatingly gorgeous that's what i've heard yeah but i'm too afraid of that 2012 nonsense so i can't ever go there <laughs> mm-hmm. i have paul giamatti PTSD from isn't 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 like Megatron or something buried in the Hoover Dam? Oh yeah, fuck that whole Transformers thing is under the Hoover Dam. Yeah, there you go. Like the they bet they the, the All Spark whatever. Oh fuck. yeah, you're right. Megatron is down under there. <laughs> yeah, God damn it, these cocksuckers. <laughs> um, then there is Kingpin. We talked a little bit about that already. Uh, Kingpin's uh, it was the second Fairly Brothers movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. At least it was the one right after Dumb and Dumber. I love Kingpin. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's a fun movie. It's silly and gross, and uh, <laughs> it's got Bill Murray, and uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, then there is Pink Cadillac. I never saw this. Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Yeah? Uh, Bernadette Peters. Uh, he's a bounty hunter or something like that and hooks up with her and uh, love blossoms. And he, Oh, oh, they're running from white supremacists. Of course they are. Yeah. So Bernadette Peters' man is a white supremacist, and she stole something from him. And she's on the run, and Clint Eastwood helps her, and they're running from the white supremacists in a pink Cadillac. Hmm. Is that, did that inspire the song or the song? Uh, I have no idea. I hate that fucking song, though. Okay. Uh, How do you feel about um, Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car? Mm, that's a great song. I don't like that song. I love I that remember. song. That song's amazing. It's Billy Ocean. Um, then there is Sister Act. That's right, baby. Uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of Vegas. Yeah. Well, no, it was Reno. She's from Reno, and that's where Whoopi and her man get all weird. We keep making the same mistake here. We're under just Nevada at this point, and not not in non Vegas. And I I keep thinking the same thing too. (laughs) I just think Nevada and Vegas are interchangeable. Um, This first Sister Act movie is kind of fun. I kind of liked it. Yeah, my wife likes both of them, but I think she likes the second one uh, for nostalgia and because it's got a young Jennifer Love Hewitt Mm -hmm. and um, as a nun, the gal from the Fuji's. Oh, Lauren Hill? Lauren Hill. Is oh, I second. forgot that. Yeah. Um, but um, <clears throat> the first one's just, you know, good, harmless, you know, fish out of water fun. Yeah, and it's all like kind of my, it's almost like uh, My Blue Heaven or like that kind of level of comedy where it's it's enjoyable because of the people that are in it. Mm-hmm. And it'll give you a couple of rah-rah moments and that kind of thing. And uh, I like it. I one saw my, it. I don't remember it. One of my favorite things about this movie is that one of the older nuns is played by the actress who plays the housekeeper in White Christmas at the lodge. Mm. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say on the phone call. Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith is in this, too. Oh, yeah. She's like the mother superior mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. is, is Kathy and Jimmy in this? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, then we have The Wizard, which was a big, huge. Oh, Fred Savage. Yeah. It's not The Willard. Oh, my God. Well, that's also a movie. The Wizard was 
as much of an advertisement for Super Mario 3 than it was movie. <laughs> and that power glove, right? Yeah, yeah the power yeah, glove. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, movies had done this before. In fact, the, you know, you know, shows like He-Man and stuff like that were basically just long commercials for toys, but Sure. The wizard is just unapologetically <laughs> Super Mario 3. Um, they're, he, they're trying to get him to California so that he can play in this video game tournament. And he's really good at games and they're about to, and, and so like he gets through this tournament and the championship is Super Mario 3. That a game no one has ever played before. And they all go in there and start kicking its ass, and they know everything about it. Like, go get the flute and yeah. all that other shit. And like, how do you know about the flute? Did they, did they tell you about it beforehand? Um, but yeah, the, gotta read Nintendo Power, man. Yeah, exactly. There's a whole. This is a whole like road trip movie yeah. uh, where they're just kind of. I don't even. Do they hitchhike? Hitchhike for the most part. I can't even remember. I can't either. But they, they, they. It's a cross country trip. Like this is a long way away. Um, Fred Savage did not make great choices at this point in his career outside of Wonder Years because he made this and that monsters movie, Little Monsters. Mm -hmm. or, oh yeah, Monsters. Under yeah, my Little Monsters Inc. Mm -hmm. or whatever. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the wizard is is basically just nostalgia at this point. That's right. Bogus. I remember the name. I don't think I saw it. Yeah, Haley uh, Joel Osment, Whoopi Goldberg, and Gerard Depardieu. Depardieu. Oh Jesus! <laughs> a movie called Corvette Summer that was Mark Hamill's second film. Never saw it. Annie Potts is in it though. Annie Potts. Like me some Annie Potts. I do too, man. Yeah, Annie Potts is great. I even watched Designing Women. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I did too. Yeah uh death in the desert it's a documentary yeah don't, don't know anything earth to echo which was one of those et wannabe movies yeah but it came out like 20 years too late <laughs> yeah. like yeah. it you know like mac and me and all that bullshit <laughs> although mac and me there's another one that was just a mcdonald's commercial right oh yeah yeah uh then there's uh, the electric horseman uh robert redford jane fonda movie Sidney pollock uh i never saw this he's mm -mm. like a rodeo guy that uh is somehow riding a horse across the country or something like mm. that but it's him and jane fonda and sydney pollack man like i kind of want to see this movie hmm. mm. yeah may have to give it a shot hmm. fever pitch not the nick hornby based novel uh the jimmy fallon movie this is a ryan o'neill movie from 1985 he's like a degenerate gambler or never something. ever saw this mm. then there's frank and lola it's a 2016 movie with michael shannon and imogene poots poots poot. uh then there's the gambler 1974 version with james Kahn. Oh yeah, and remade for, with Mark Wahlberg later on. There's mass confusion with the this this fucking thing because you got this version, uh, which I guess is pretty good, but it's a, about a degenerate gambler that's into like a mob boss or whatever. And then you have Kenny Rogers that came out with the song that had been recorded by Johnny Cash and a million people before him. Mm -hmm. And then Kenny Rogers did a TV movie in 1980 called The Gambler mm -hmm. based on the fucking song. And then you have the remake. So with, this has with Mark this Mark. has nothing to do with the song though. No. Nope okay uh then there's get carter this is the 2000 sylvester stallone remake i've see? seen the original i haven't seen this one my parents had a kenny rogers record that had that song on it and i know that song front and back because of it mm -hmm. and there's also a song on there he sang called lucille oh yeah do you know this song i do and i always misunderstood the lyrics as a kid because the lyrics is you picked a fine time to leave me lucille and he sings four hungry children Mm -hmm. And a crop in the field, but I always thought it was 400 children. <laughs> ah. 
And I always thought that is a damn bad time to leave, Lucille. I, I thought you were actually going to make a loose seal joke like Arrested Development did. Uh, no. No. <laughs> I saw him perform that uh, live at the Opry. Oh, yeah? A long time ago. Oh, yes. I bet that was good. It was good. Um, so that we have some continuity here. Get Carter, the remake. Uh, I did not see this. I did see the original. The original is pretty good. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't see it. Uh, it looked like Sly like trying to slick up his image. Yeah. But isn't the original like Michael Caine? Yeah, yeah. Michael Caine is in the remake too. Uh, well, Michael, I would think Michael Caine would be better in the ass beating role yeah. of the original. <laughs> Michael Caine is this is the original Get Carter. They give zero fucks about uh, how you perceive the hero of the story because he kills people and hmm. it's like. He does shit in this. They're like, oh, yeah, that's murder. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the one that has the gal from the... (laughs) She's all that in it? Mm. Didn't Stallone make a movie? Rachel Lee Cook? With Rachel Lee Cook. I just, uh, I thought for sure they were in a movie together and this was it. Yeah, she is in it. Okay, excellent. Sweet. So is Miranda Richardson, Rona Mitra, John C. McGinley, Alan Cumming. That's a pretty good cast. Yeah. Uh, then there's Heart Eight. This is a great. This is another good. This is Paul Thomas Anderson's I first. I gotta see this movie. Uh, he prefers to call it Sydney. Hmm. Uh, because uh, Philip Baker Hall plays Sydney. John C. Riley's in it. Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, Sydney. Uh, uh, finds John C. Riley. Uh, a man that's sort of down on his luck. His father's just recently been killed, and he wants to take him under his wing. And so he shows him the secrets of Vegas, essentially. Hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think if it's Vegas, they mainly spend, I think they spend it mostly in Vegas, but they also spend some in some other places too. But anyway, uh, he takes him under his wing and shows him all the stuff. And there's like this thing at the beginning. Apparently you could do this back in the day. You could go and ask for a rate card and, and tell people that you, ha- you tell the, like the desk to tell the casino, you have a gambling problem. You get a rate card and they ha- they have you sign, you know, you you have to sign after certain hours or whatever. And so like you go and you play slot machines for a while and then you come back and you cash that in and then you come back and like it apparently I can't remember the exact technique, but you can actually make money doing this. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, I can't remember. I have to watch it again at some point, but there's a thing where you keep on signing the rate card you change in the money that you get you go back to some other place and you play that money and then there's a point where he's like he's like how much is on your rate card and he's like uh, about a thousand dollars is like and yet you have only spent twenty dollars or whatever yeah. something like that and paul thomas anderson was like yeah you used to be able to be you'd be able to do this huh and they they started cracking down that's crazy but uh yeah he takes him under his wing um and john c Riley starts getting back on his feet uh, he falls in love with Gwyneth Paltrow, who's a Vegas waitress. Uh, apparently, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, even back then, told her, "You, I don't want you to do any of your actor tricks in this movie." Wow. Uh, she said she said it was a tough, one of the toughest movies she'd been in at that time because there was points where she wanted to fiddle with like salt and pepper shakers on the on the table and stuff, and he wouldn't let her do oh, it. Wow. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> everything. This is a very good movie. Samuel L. Jackson's in it. Hmm. There's a cameo from Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hmm. Um, 
this is a really fucking good movie. I would recommend the shit. A lot out of Harvick. three namers in that. John C. Yeah. Again, or John C. Riley and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Philip Baker Hall. Philip Baker Hall. Yeah. Gwyneth yeah. Jill Paltrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I would definitely recommend Heart Eight. Uh, then there's Heat, not the 1995 version, but a 1986 movie with Burt Reynolds. I have not seen this. Mm. Uh, then there's Heist. This was a De Niro movie with two in 2015. I've seen the 2002 heist yeah. that David Mamet did. Yeah, this is not that. It's not that. Then there's Hostel Part 3. Oh, my God. They made a third one? Yeah. Is this a th- really a third oh, one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I only knew of the two. This is Hostel in Las Vegas. Oh. Yeah. It's did the Eli same Roth story. do this? I don't know. I think he was a he producer. He probably made money from it. Then there's Last Vegas, which is one of those Codger movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, never saw movies. <laughs> never saw Old people are incorrigible. Never saw this. Then Lay the Favorite. I've heard of this movie, mm-hmm. but I don't remember. I don't. I never saw it. Paradise. That was a directorial debut of Di- Diablo Cody. Never mm-hmm. saw that. Race to Witch Mountain. I think I did see this. Oh, that's the one with the rock. Yeah, yeah. I saw this. I, I don't remember anything about it. Uh, Paul, which is that Seth Rogen alien movie, mm-hmm. not very good. Uh, no. Um, no they really whiffed on that one too that was one that uh simon right, Pegg, yeah no well simon Pegg, i think wrote the script oh, with okay. with it with seth rogan maybe uh and that, and it was like one of those things where it had the perfect pedigree simon Pegg and nick frost wrote it greg matola who did adventureland and Superbad, directed it. he used to be married to mariah carey Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Tommy McDowell. Yeah, yeah. I was making uh, nice. Paul's got a seven point on the IMDb. I that's, remember thinking it stunk. Yeah, it's plainly wrong. <laughs> um, then there's View from the Top. That was a that was a Gwyneth. notoriously shitty Gwyneth Paltrow Mike Myers movie. Yeah. But it does have that thing where she put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. That's yeah, maybe the my only- dad was doing that joke in the early 80s. <laughs> right. That was a dad joke in the early 80s. Yeah. Nice. Uh, then there's gold. Gold. Matthew McConaughey. Yep. Did not see this. No. I'm sure it's horrible. And then the misfits. Um, this is that uh, Kristen Stewart. Uh, no. No. This is the one that has Clark Gable, Marilyn Monroe, Montgomery, Montgomery Clift. And Eli Wallach. In it. Yeah, the the one I'm thinking of is the Runaways. Yeah, same this is, thing. This is John Houston. This is a, a an absolute classic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That I have never seen, and I need yeah, to I know it. it's one of those where you know I feel bad for not seeing it, but I haven't. Yep. What can we do? Ah, what are you gonna do? What can we do? All right. Well, that will wrap it up for this. We just did Nevada. That's right. Nevada. Marathon. Uh, mm-hmm. um, all right. Uh, if you want to uh, talk to us about this episode, go to Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. Go to Twitter. Go to SoundCloud. There are a million ways to find us and comment everywhere. Yes. And uh, that'll do it for this week. Uh, we've got some awesome things coming up, don't we? Yes. Uh, okay. So this will be. So next week. We are going to have a very special interview yes. with one of our favorite one of our favorite authors. Yes. <laughs> and can't wait for that. We're very excited about this guest. Cannot wait. You will enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but uh, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Agnes and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasends.com.
Did you watch any of the VMAs? No, I forgot it was on, and I was watching uh, Better Call Saul or some shit. Mm-hmm. Is that what I was watching? No, I didn't hear about it watching t- watching MTV ever. <laughs> Did you know it was coming up? No, I knew. <laughs> it was every commercial break. No, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. Every commercial break, it was like like showing all the different video like artists that were nominated and everything and these are for music videos yeah, yeah. and mtv is still hosting these yeah. they are Shouldn't youtube be hosting the music video awards at this point probably <clears throat> i guess so Do who watches them on mtv me you until this year this year i've been defending the vmas for like probably 10 no years i don't now. mean who watches the vmas who watches music videos on mtv oh well Chris. Oh, i do <laughs> but you do it weird hours of the morning yeah. and you do it on that but yeah. show that puts but i'm saying nobody's watching the network and waiting for their favorite the target movie. demographic isn't yeah. they're all watching no. music videos on youtube and like i am they still thought it was a, a good idea to bring trl back and do that same bullshit they did with trl where they play three seconds of a song and then go away yeah here's that great that hit song that you love we're gonna play 10 seconds of it yeah fuck that mm-hmm. uh, is trl still on mm-hmm Wow. And every once in a while, it'll be on my TV, not on purpose. Just yeah. I turn it on, and it just happens to be on MTV, and I'll, I'll like go and do some other things. And then 30 minutes later, I realize, oh, shit, TRL is on, <laughs> and it sucks. It was okay. So it was genuinely awful. And not in the awful, like, you know, old man, like, oh, these videos aren't like they used to be anymore. Like, it was the performances were bad. Jennifer Lopez got the Video Vanguard Award for her music videos, not for doing anything else, which she does much better than singing. Uh, so she did like this big medley. Uh, Cardi B, I don't think she even did a performance. She just like did a, a little intro. Um, and then Madonna came out and embarrassed herself with this haphazard tribute to Aretha Franklin. And the oh, worst part of, of all it, the people to do a tribute to Aretha the, Franklin, the way that she is now saying it is that, okay, so she comes out to pre- pre- present a uh, video of the year, like the big award, you know, album of the year, Grammy equivalent. And so that goes to Camila Cabello. Uh, but she comes out and she starts talking about her journey, the Madonna journey and like how, you know, the things that she's gone through. And then she like tangentially relates it to Aretha Franklin. And, like, how she met her and how she influenced her and stuff like that. But then it kept coming back to Madonna and, like, her thing. Oh, God. And so people thought that she was brought out to do the tribute to Aretha Franklin. In Madonna's defense, she's saying that, no, she was come out to, to do a uh, uh, the, the video of the year. And it's also her birthday, so they asked her to talk a little bit about herself. And apparently, right before she went out to stage, she said, oh, yeah, by, uh, the producer said, oh, yeah, by the way, say something about Aretha. <laughs> Mm. so in that case yeah she was put in a bad situation so i don't know what the truth is but it was a fucking mess all the way around if i were gonna rant which we won't have time for this week i might rant about this because i saw a headline before she died that said gravely ill Mm -hmm. and three hours later i saw multiple articles the 10 best Aretha Franklin performances. And I'm like, you bitches, she's not even dead yet. Mm-hmm. Shit, you had that shit loaded up. Yeah. And yet at the same time, the producers of the VMAs had plenty of warning to plan a proper Aretha Franklin tribute rather than a producer going, oh, yeah, say something about Aretha. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> they should have gotten Patti LaBelle to come out and, and do it. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, so my many God. reasons. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> just the John Travolta part. Yeah, just the John Travolta part for sure. Oh, God. <laughs> oh it's man. a little too. It's a little too dirty to put in the it cold pro- open. But... Probably is. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh my God. Oh wow. Oh wow. You ever do like positive self speech? Not a lot. Do you do that? <laughs> like you know, you you look in the mirror and you're like, hey, you're good looking. Oh, like, like you're daily a good affirma- person. Daily affirmation. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm hard on myself, man. Oh, I call myself too. an asshole. Sometimes <laughs> like I won't even look myself in the eye. <laughs> <laughs>